Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is the XNC Podcast, your Xbox newscast featuring Colt Eastwood. Hosting industry interviews and gaming talk live on YouTube every Monday night at 5 p.m. West Coast and 8 p.m. East Coast. For all of you listening around the world, the XNC Podcast is available on demand on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Welcome to the show. Join the chat, hit the like button, and let's get into this week's topics with Colt Eastwood's Xbox Newscast. (laughs) All right, welcome to the show. This is the Xbox Newscast podcast. And that little intro was brought to you courtesy of my coworker, Steve Lee, who's a professor professional voiceover artist like uh, a guy I aspire to be and I gave him copy as they call it and I said hey can you do this promo for me and he knocked that thing out in a couple minutes so it's pretty cool to hear his voice but uh, kind of gives people a chance I've been listening to this podcast uh, on audio versions on Spotify to kind of see how everything's working so thought it'd be nice for people who are listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or Spotify or Pocket Podcasts to know what's going on as they listen to the earbuds. But that is nothing compared to what I have here with me today. I have Asa and Gaz from Game On Daily joining Xbox Newscast all the way from the United Kingdom late into the night on a full moon. <laughs> Welcome, Asa and Gaz. How are you tonight? So, so good. Normally, normally at this kind of time, normally 1 a.m. on a Monday. I'm just loitering in your chat, watching your show anyway. I've watched the 10 episodes. It's fantastic to see your progress. So normally I do cut a little bit early, but I'm going to try and stay for the whole thing today. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you kind of have to, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so you know, guys, that these people I've had on the show, like Asa and Gaz are real true friends, and they've been a really big driving force behind me starting the show, helping me with technical and uh, emotional support as I uh, take the helm behind the behind the camera and the mic. And that brings me to my other guest, Gaz, the Sauce King from Game On Daily. How are you doing tonight? How's your I'm day been? Good. Don't hold back. Oh, man, don't hold back. Okay, I'm, I'm good. I'm ready. I'm ready to swim in the sauce, man. I've had a long day. I've got myself comfortable. I'm wearing shirts. Look, I'm wearing shirts. <laughs> I'm representing Game on Daily. He's got. <laughs> I'm already, man. Trust me, I'm comfortable, ready to swim. It's one o'clock in the morning, but it doesn't feel like it. So let's do this, man. Oh, it's amazing! It's amazing. We were just talking backstage, right in the green room, uh, about Pax <laughs> West. You know, I'm trying to get these guys to come out to Seattle. If if oh. not this this uh, end of the year, very soon, we got to meet up. Hopefully E3 is like ready to go next year. Sounds like it is. So welcome to the show, guys. Asa, what have you been playing? What video game has been keeping you super busy and and, and having a good time? That's, that's a question. I play something different every day at the moment since I started streaming live. So I've got a schedule and that's uh, it keeps me regimented and it keeps me playing loads of things. This week, we're at the start of the week. So I've played a bit of Halo and a bit of Ratchet and Clank and we'll probably leave the list at that so it doesn't go on for too long but i'm playing um the first halo halo combat evolved and it still blows my mind how good that game is oh yeah 
Nice. Are you switching back and forth? Are you switching back and forth between the two modes to kind of remember and and take it all in? Every now and again, every now and again, you have to. You just see something and you go, oh, I don't quite remember it looking like that. And that's because it used to look like that. Um, Both modes, you can play on the original. It still looks so crisp and so good, but it's it's the way it delivers its story that blows my mind. When you consider oh, the, the yeah. expanded Halo universe, yeah. but the way that the game just takes its section yeah. and is incredible yeah, yeah. in itself, it's... it's an absolute classic. Yeah, I love playing that game. It brings me back. I played that game on PC for the first time. I, I didn't play it on an Xbox. I didn't have one yet. I want to give a shout out to Lethal Papa, moderator in the chat, Happy Bomb. I see True Racer, Ashtray Gaming, Ramon, uh, Raymond G. <laughs> Tons of people that are joining the show. Thank you so much for checking it out, Mr. Joanna Dark. I think Mr. Joanna Dark has a super chat. He's got he's got something to say. He says, I want to say sauce to you fine gentlemen this evening. I'm excited to have the opportunity to catch the show live. Finally, let's talk games. So, yeah. I mean, for, I don't know where Mr. Joanna Dark is from, but, you know, sometimes people are working this late in the evening. I, know, I get to know a lot of people that are on the other side of the planet, on the dark side of the planet right now. So, thank you so much for showing up. Gaz, what have you been playing? I already know what you've been playing. I've talked to you about it, but tell them what what you've been doing on uh, on the gaming side. Every time you play, we're we're you're you're always in party chat with me. Just I'm I'm graced graced with your soothing voice uh, in my uh, ears. But uh, yeah, no, I've been playing Doom Eternal and um, playing it on Colin Moriarty. You'll be happy, not on easy. Yeah, I'll be oh. playing <laughs> playing it on. Uh, uh, just below Nightmare, so I can then eventually play on Nightmare. Doom Eternal, if you haven't played it, I- I'm biased because I love id Software. I'll rate that number one studio for me because I loved Quake. But Doom Eternal, the DLC, I just played it. Uh, I When I first played Doom Eternal, I finished in one sitting. DLC, part one, did it near enough one sitting to almost the same as well. It's an incredible game. An incredible game. I just love that game. So I'll be playing that. Jumping into Apex Legends as well, you know, I'm, I'm actually addicted to that. It's like crack cocaine to me. So that, that game is amazing. But um, as I'm, I'm moving house, so then I'm primarily playing on PC now, but I'm moving to Xbox as my primary gaming device. I've been waiting for ages, just waiting for the right studio setup I'm going to be revealing. But yeah, I've been, uh, yeah I've, I'm just loving Doom. Man. That game is dank. Yeah, it looks so good, doesn't it? And it just, oh my gosh, you're playing on PC because uh, that's how you are right now until you get your, like you said, you get your setup. But uh, yeah, there's been some arguments while we're on party chat. We've had Dealer in party chat. We've had Zocker87. We have like Zocker and Gaz who are like playing on PC a lot and playing on Xbox. And then Dealer and I who only play on Xbox. And then the fighting happens like, oh, you PCMR guys, yeah, that game doesn't look any better. And then we, we start uh, insulting each other. And thankfully, Ace cool. isn't there because. Asa, you would, you would correct us and start knocking the two heads of coconuts together if you heard that conversation? No, not at all. I stepped back and let it go. So that's what I'm there for. It's the entertainment. <laughs> uh, shout out to Underachiever in the chat. He says, Doom's amazing. It's very challenging, though. Yeah, you know what? Uh, let's, let's jump into that topic since we're talking about challenges because uh, if you play Doom Eternal on easy, are you a gaming wimp? Uh, how did this all start? We'll, we'll start with Gaz and we'll roll into Asa because Gaz kind of brought it up. What's going yeah. on with this? Uh, you got to be yeah. MLG at all times. Yeah, I mean, okay, I, I, I kind of uh, this this came from Colin Moriarty's tweet um, uh, where he kind of called out uh, a journalist who said that uh, she never plays a game 
on anything but easy. She's a reviewer, right? Um, mm-hmm. And and she said it. She said it with her chest up there. It's like I never and I will refuse to do that. And you know that kind of wound people up a lot, a lot wrong way. But particularly Colin Moriarty is quite outspoken anyway. And he came from a position that I think was a bit too strong. And I think I retweeted this and I, I made a comment on it saying. Look, whilst I essentially agree that as a point of reviews, for, for a reviewer, you should okay, at least disclose at least disclose what difficulty you're playing this at. If you're not playing it easy, because that's some that can have massive gameplay ramifications. If you're reviewing a game, you're, the the presumption is that the average gamer plays it on normal, not easy. So your review sure. may be hampered by the fact that you're playing on an easier game mode. Colin Moriarty, in my opinion, went a little bit too far and said he said the review was useless, um, and and like and it do, and they don't like video games. Like a video game is more than it's just it's gaming difficulty. So take that. I get it. Gameplay and difficulty are intrinsically linked, but he went a bit too far with it. But I do agree with him on the point of a game reviewer. You need to at the very least disclose it. If you're playing on hard, you're playing on normal and easy, especially easy. I think you're a bit of an outlier there. But I think people went a little bit hard with it. She, the, I forgot the lady's name. She went really hard yeah, at it. Just, yeah, and 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 I can't. You you know, if you're going to do that, you should anticipate some blowback. The way the industry is, some people are really like elitist and like, oh, you know, sack your job. And that's just stupid. But there, there well, is some nuance there. What if she says this game reviewer says I played. Uh, I played this game and it was boring and the enemies weren't very creative. Yeah, but what she's not saying is I play it. I play all my games on easy and review. Yeah, I mean, yeah. look, come on. If gameplay is really important. I, I mean, when Game on Daily was really low, it was like not not at an aggregation site, and we were just a review site. One of my friends, uh, shout out to Dave, he did a review on Metal Gear Solid, and he didn't actually complete it. And I only found out after the fact that he posted his review. I'm like, wait, hold on, you didn't complete that? I, and I was I was a little bit annoyed with him because I said, just let me know you you've completed it because that's really important. That's a prerequisite to completing your review. And then he's like, yeah, you're right. Because actually, once he completed it, he changed his mind about the score. So I was like, oh, that's a defective review we've just published. But no one cared about our reviews back then anyway, so it's fine, no damage done. But um, the same principle applies to, to the, the difficulty, in my opinion. And I think that that's a problem. In terms of game reviews, as a gamer, though, you don't feel ashamed you play on easy. There was one compatibility mode that made games easy for people and some people were like oh why play the game then well people play games for a multitude of different reasons to enjoy the story the visuals the going the adventure for them it's not just the gameplay loop um so some reason there's as always with these things there's some there's a middle ground to to strive for but that's a very not non-saucy take there but i'm allowed to be sensible once in a while i think but he says the arbiter in deciding whether i'm not (laughs) Yeah, what what what's your take on this, Asa? So, for me, um, I actually think it's really important that you get a broad, diverse range of of people and voices reviewing games because that's the audience. It's a broad and diverse range of people that are going to be playing these games. So, if you're a reviewer that's I don't know only got one arm, your review is going to be the most important review to anybody playing with one arm, right? Yeah, yeah. If you're playing games yeah. on easy, I think obviously it's really important that it is disclosed that the people that are looking for these reviews exactly like Gaz said if you're looking for these reviews you know the angle that the reviewer is is looking at the game from because yeah. there are a ton of games that strip back mechanics things like that um when you play on an easy difficulty 
so it's not a complete review. You can't you can't tell people I've played through even something like a big game like The Last of Us. Okay, mm-hmm. I played The Last of Us, I, I, the first one I'm talking about, and I found the AI fairly poor in that game, despite all of the raving around it. But I was playing on a proper difficulty. If I played it on easy, I would be in no position to make any judgment on how the AI yeah. behaves because it should be different on easy. So it's really, really important. My dad plays games on easy. I want him to be able to find a reviewer and say, yeah, that person, their opinion matters to me. That's how I'm going to play the game. It makes a lot of sense. Sure. Right? Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying about reviewers. There is another side to it too, right, Asa? Like you're obviously, you've looked at this for reviewers and then you've looked at it for regular like anybody like to say if you don't play on a harder difficult or past normal you're not a real gamer like what's your opinion on we hear that a lot what's your opinion on that real gamer what a, what a funny title right you play games you're a gamer <laughs> um there is there is there is definitely like a core audience that have different tastes and that's quite interesting so we'll come to that later when we start talking about what um what microsoft are doing with their studios and things anyway but um no, if you if you play games then you're a gamer okay if you're sitting on a mobile playing your your gem matching stuff maybe you don't have the same taste as as what we consider our, our kind of core circles of gamers but you're playing games those companies that are selling games they want your money you count you're, you're in there oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> absolutely i mean i know a couple of people who have different abilities or different challenges that would make gaming the way that i would or the way that well, I mean, Gaz pretends like he's great. I guess he thinks he's he's the ma- no, he's the master at Apex. But there's people with different challenges, sight difference, hearing, motor skills, or it's funny when you say you're not a real gamer, but if I put my daughter in front of a game or my son, I want them to have fun and enjoy it and get into games. I don't want them to be blockaded by the difficulty of game. Oh, I'm done. That's too difficult. So I just get tired of people using that as a bragging right. We see that with a certain subset of people. But uh, uh, Hugh in the chat says, any concerns around Tencent and their Chinese sanctions and uh, their acquisitions? Hugh, we will get into that in just a little bit. Moby says, Colt, Gaz, Asa, love the show. Let's get saucy. (laughs) I love it. And still wreaking havoc. That's a great name. Says, playing State of Decay, probably playing State of Decay 2, on the hardest difficulty with friends is so much fun and nerve-wracking. Yeah, uh, those are games... Right, you guys have played a lot of State of Decay. Where if you die, you there's a real penalty. You're going to lose your stuff. You're going to you got your, your character can die, and you got to start over with another one. Not a lot of games do that. So, uh, yeah, that's a good one. Ashes to Ashes says reviewers should start at normal, and I'm going to say I agree. I don't know if you guys want to raise your hand on that one. Uh, it seems weird, weird to ask, but like Gaz said earlier. The majority or the average gamer that is watching or reading a review is probably going to be playing at normal. So if reviewers can start at normal, then they say, then he's Ash to Ash says, if the difficulty is too much, then you could turn it down to easy and then mention the difficulty curve in the review. I kind of paraphrased a word there, but very, very great take, I think. What do you think of that one, Asa? You think that's doable? It's transparency yeah, it's reasonable i just um transparency is is really important for it that's um that's what we were saying earlier like you've got to disclose how you're playing it i guess um if you are looking to build up a regular audience you'd probably get sick to death of writing in every single review like this is i played it on this difficulty like at some point you get to know a reviewer right um but uh, a broad spectrum of opinions it matters especially gaming growing it's going to continue to grow this core audience and there is definitely it's almost a separate hobby like keeping on top of gaming news there's a core audience of people that 
want to know everything that's coming. Like, yeah, and um, yeah, maybe those yeah. people do have that. Like, there's a correlation between what difficulty that they would play on, but you don't just. There's there's a massive audience of people to write reviews for. Beyond us, yeah, <laughs> they just, they just, yes, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, yeah, yeah, and th- there is that core that wants to use as bragging rights, and I, and I would suppose if you were reviewing the Derm- Doom Eternal. DLC, which is a bit tougher than the campaign. If, as a reviewer, if you said it got so difficult, I wasn't enjoying it, so I moved it down to difficulty level, and I got more enjoyment. Like that statement applies to certain reviews, but not to every review. So I think if that's really good that you guys both said that as well as Ashes to Ashes, that if it comes into the equation of the review, then be transparent and say. I had to play this game on an easier setting to get the proper enjoyment. Once I did, I really, really enjoyed it. Underachiever yeah. says, I will play a game on easy depending on the game. I commend the dedication to those that play on more challenging difficulties, but I want to enjoy the game with the limited time I have to game. And Underachiever nails it because gaming is about the developer making something amazing and the customer enjoying that game, hopefully the way that they want. So I think that's another great take too. So... That I mean, there's the controversy for game difficulty is kind of that just boils down to right there. Uh, if you see that, just remind people, don't be a poo poo head. Yeah, don't be that. <laughs> and underachiever, <laughs> underachiever. You know what? One day you'll. I hope you will become a real gamer. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh! It's horrible. Faisal um, uh, uh, Ashan says, "Great guests again, Colt. Some people play for the story." Others play for the challenge. Regardless, just enjoy the game. All right, let's move on to the next one, which is, uh, this is a very controversial topic, but we are going to have a good time with it. And I'm going to lead off with my man, Asa, who is the king of objectability and uh, research and knowing stuff uh, by actually learning. That's why we like Asa so much. We're going to talk about the controversy of game preservation uh, I don't know if I need to set it up or Vase could just kind of get going, but right now <laughs> Xbox is doing more to preserve gaming than any other console platform. Um, obviously PC can do it by nature, but as a console platform, Xbox is leading the charge, but some people in the industry do not agree. Asa, take us into this controversy. Oh, that's such a leading way to introduce it. <laughs> now I've got to say, I mean, uh, do you know, XNC, load of Xbox fans. I say Phil Spencer. We say, hey, right? So um, <laughs> Spencer um, has said some things about game preservation. And I will say off the bat, I think he's entirely sincere and genuine when he says that he cares about game preservation and he cares about the history of these games and he wants to see that actioned. Uh, but game preservation, there's there's kind of two different lenses that you have to look through when you're talking about game preservation. And um, the history of games is the bit where I can see Phil's passion instantly. He's like, I, I want to preserve that. I want everyone to be able to play their old stuff. I want to bring it forwards. I want to make it backward compatible. I want it to play better than ever, right? Definitely. But Phil Spencer has to also remember when you're talking about games preservation, he's in a position now where he's also making history. Mm. So okay. you could argue that actually his job, if he wants to talk about games preservation, should be more focused on the games that they're producing right now to make sure that in 10, 20 years time, Mm. Those are accessible. I will also say, um, for me, kind of the biggest enemy of game preservation is online functionality, right? Yes. yes. And at the same time, for me personally, I'm, I, I, 
I love online functionality. For me, it's more important what is going on with Gaz. We'll come back to that in a second. Um, <laughs> for me, I think um, online functionality and, and pushing technology and seeing what you can achieve and making games better is to me more important than making sure that I can still play those games in 20 years' time. That might be slightly controversial. There's probably some people that, I don't know, insist that everything works offline in the way that you always hear. But for me, no, I want to see. I want to see Crackdown 3 the way that it was supposed to be. Oh, you know, yeah. I want to see those well, promises realized. <laughs> Asa, from you play a lot on PC. Uh, I would assume that Steam is one of your main go-tos when you when you load up a gaming site or a gaming platform, right? Is Steam the one mm-hmm. that first one that you go to? So, if you load oh, yeah. up Steam, if your internet is out for the afternoon, can you load up Steam and play your games? Yeah, <laughs> Steam does have an offline mode. It's it's similar to the consoles in the after set which machines are going to work offline. Okay. So it will it will it won't ask for authorization as you load up one of your games you bought from Steam. So this is also kind of a thing with Xbox where there's this a lot of people think that every game has to be connected to the internet and and the console is really dependent on being plugged in, but one of the big controversies right now that people can't get over I don't know if, if Gaz has got his ear earheads or his headphones working yet, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um, is that if you you can't buy a brand new Xbox Series X, he gave me the thumbs up, and plug it in without the internet. Like, that's the problem. Gaz, are you with us? Are you back? Hey, yeah, sorry. The audio started playing, and I didn't know where. And I was like, oh, you, you're going to oh. be... Oh, yes, I saw it out. Oh, that drives me crazy when that happens. When yeah, when a tab of YouTube's playing, and then you're like, "Well, I hear, I hear myself again." Uh, mm-hmm. So what's going on? Like, you can't buy a brand new Xbox Series X and bring it home without plugging it into Wi-Fi or your internet. Gaz, have you have you looked into this? Yeah, I have, and I'm gonna look. You know what? I, to me. And this is going to sound really saucy, but I think it just reeks of just gagging for attention because one of these game preservation activists, after they said after Phil Spencer's inaccurate PR statements, they're no longer going to be reporting on Xbox games. Why? Why? How is that a reason to stop your so-called righteous little cause there? There, you know, there may be some sincerity there at the cursory glance, but when I see how these channels conduct themselves, or how they're retweeting and liking. Uh, the personalities that they're relying on. The facade to me just cracks very quickly and they reveals their agendas. And I'm I'm not one to fall for that BS. I if you want to swim in the source, you do so openly. Just drop this pretense and don't try and fool people. And I saw this with the hashtag forever physical movement, which at its core is really good. It's something that limited run games do, which is great, but that movement was hijacked by, I'm sorry to say it, but Sony fanboys because they were so yeah. insecure about the momentum and success of Xbox Game Pass that they were calling for it to be cancelled. And when I called them out for it, oh man, the offending people who, uh, who the, there were a couple of offending personalities that I quoted and, and, and put in this video, the, my source video. Yeah. The, the guy goes and on on Twitter and says he took the bait hurrah like desperate for oh, attention yeah, I mean how yeah, stupid yeah. do you have to be to tweet that out so you're so short sighted that you forgot that you were pretending to care and and that's the kind of vibe I'm getting with this and you should have seen the sheer number of fake alt accounts that were feigning outrage and they're like 
You delete your video. You think I'm going to delete my video? Please, those tears feed me. I'm not falling through. <laughs> yeah, I'm not falling. Yes, the mandatory sign-in is an issue. But if my cousin in Pakistan, in some remote village in Pakistan, can play games online, which he predominantly does, then your so-called crocodile tears are at odds with the real world. So, what, uh, you know, one of the accounts said, that one of these activist accounts said, it may not be an issue in 10 years. Uh, no, it may not be an issue now, but in 10 years, you may be, may be one. Why? Why? Where's the internet going? What calamity are you foreseeing? Um, well, it's weird because they're saying, like, you buy a game, an Xbox game. It does. It's like, it could even be a multiplat. But they're saying that if, for some reason, the Xbox Live servers are gone in 10 or 15 years, that you won't be able to take an old console and blow the dust off of it and, and plug it in to the wall and play. And I always tell the people... I feel like I'm trying to defend the preservation. And the reason why I defend the preservation is Xbox is doing more than any other platform. PlayStation has not brought your PS1, PS2, or PS3 games up to your PS4 or PS5. That is totally cut off. And it's hidden behind a paywall on PS Now. Yeah. PlayStation has a setup to, uh, to entitle your games. An entitlement is what they call it. An entitlement where it knows you own Borderlands 2 on... Uh, well, your PS3 version of Borderlands 2. It knows you own that via PlayStation Plus, but they don't let you play it on PS Now, where they could just gatekeep that and just say, hey, we know you've bought these digital games, or you own the disc, or you got this on PS Plus, so we're going to give you access and backward compatibility. So that's a whole mess. Xbox has Xbox Original 360, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X games all playable. A certain amount of the ones that they've been able to do. But here's the problem, guys, is that this um, this account that was all about game preservation and we're going to save the world, they're <laughs> upset that you have to go you have to download an online patch to play a back pack game, which would not exist if the internet wasn't around to push you the new emulated version over the internet. And I think that there, it's so weird to say, uh, what's an analogy I can say? It's like, I don't know, but they saved one thing, but you have to connect to the internet to do it. But on the PlayStation, those games are completely cut off from you that you've already paid for. So that's their problem. Another, I'm, I'm going off here. Oh, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me just, one little thing on that though. So I, I actually think um, the concern or the criticism about having to do an online setup for the for the series consoles is a valid concern. It's not a personal concern. It's like I say, I'm not, I don't really right. go back and play old stuff like that, but it is a valid concern. That is something that seems a little unnecessary. Like it might shore up the security, make sure everyone's on the same software level and all the rest of it, but it is something that probably shouldn't be there for the sake of preservation if you care that much about it. It is a legitimate concern, no matter how certain people are going to feed on it and weaponize blow it up it. and make more of a problem yeah. than it is. Yeah, it's going to be weaponized. But I will also say the obvious thing uh, you've already touched on is that what Xbox do with backward compatibility, playing Halo on the Series X, it's incredible, right? It's so good. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying this as a PC gamer. It's, it's amazing what they're doing on these consoles, especially with the frame rate boosting that they're doing at the moment. Um, yes. The only the only weak point at the moment is there's a three or four year period where the Xbox One came out, where I hope that they're working on that and giving that a little bit of care and attention. That's yes. the only weakness in backward compatibility right now. Yeah. So you can't. The, the their biggest hang up is that you can't. You have to connect the internet on the 
the initial time you get a console or if you reset it. <clears throat> so I've had <clears throat> quite a few discussions with people and a lot of PlayStation guys are really upset about this and and, and, and some Xbox people. And what they tell me is I want to be able to plug in my console without the internet and play my games. And I always say, why, how, like, I, I understand if you don't have access to internet, you're really limited in modern gaming to what you're, what's available to you. But why would you want to bring home a brand new four or $500 console and not plug it in and fetch your online profile, like to grab the Colt Eastwood profile off of the internet off of the server and have access to your saves or just have otherwise, like if you want to bring it in and never plug it into the, to the internet, because for some reason that's so important to you that you're not connected to the internet with a modern console. What are you going to do? Play as guest one for like the rest of the generation. I don't understand, but I also do understand. I have a sensitivity for people that I've talked to on social media that live in an area where internet is not reliable or it's too expensive or they live in an outskirt Mm where they don't have access to internet. But if you're buying a $500 console, the chances are you probably have a 3G or 4G mobile smartphone that you could hotspot to get the day one patch that comes in uh, every month. For those people, there's Xbox 360. No, don't do it. Don't bring Patrick back. What's wrong with you? Shout out to Paris in the chat, by the way. He says, yes, he says, uh, don't engage in negativity. Paris, I love swimming in the salt. Right. <laughs> he was talking exactly to you, my friend. Yeah. Exactly to you. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not reading the room. I don't know how, how much this, I assume if you're mostly an Xbox fan, you're not bothered by this hang up. And it really does seem like Phil's done more for game preservation. Do they need to fix the day one online connection? I guess, but yeah. I just, I know every month Xbox has a dashboard update just about every month. That's not just an update saying like, Oh, now you can snap this to your friends or whatever. There's security stuff that runs behind the background. So I don't know. I That's say, the game. I, I would also say I trust them to end of life it properly. So like right now it's still a current yeah. product and connecting it to the internet is fair and reasonable. Right. When it's not supported anymore. They yes. can stop that being a requirement. Like one last patch, there you go. Now they work properly. That's not a big deal. And so long as someone going in the right direction, like Phil is still in charge in those days, and there's no like catastrophes and Microsoft don't totally right. off the rails, then they will end up life it properly and it won't be a problem. So. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Jez Corden of Windows Central said if you guys think that Xbox Live is going away or shutting down in the next 10 years, you're severely mistaken. Uh, we're looking at a time when when this platform is absolutely blowing up. Um, and it's speaking of blowing up, uh, people's tempers blew up today <laughs> as they waited for a brand new reveal of Ubisoft's splinter cell, first person shooter. <laughs> guess uh, tell our audience what was announced today by the almighty Ubisoft San Francisco studio. Uh, ah, well that was, um, I, I saw some really, lukewarm to almost hostile reactions to this and i just don't understand why so uh, the um it's ubisoft revealed x defiant which is a free to free to play like squad based uh game uh, uh pvp game um and it's like gunning for well obviously the online pvp rainbow six siege kind of market realistic gunplay with personalized glasses very futuristic kind of 
gunplay. I thought it was good. Game is really early in development, by the way, so people are don't be too quick to judge. It looks like a remnant of something you saw last gen, but you know, the game like that will thrive on its gameplay mechanics. And they were talking uh, about that in quite not in detail, but they they specified gameplay mechanics and how tight their weapon attachments and the gunplay was. They say the gunplay is the most important thing in this game. It remains to mm-hmm. be seen. We will be the arbiters in deciding whether or not the gunplay holds uh, holds its own in such a saturated field. So, and and that and that's where the lukewarm response came in. People were like, oh, I wanted Splinter Cell. You've given me this. I'm like, all right, well, okay. I'm like, it's free to play. But I'm not excusing the lack of Splinter Cell because I will. I would love. I think that game's been missing uh, for mm-hmm. quite some time. I would love that. But um, you know, let Ubisoft try this. You know, and uh, it looks fun to me, man. I'm not going to write this off. I'm a pri- primarily uh, a uh, you know multiplayer centric guy. Uh, multiplayer centric guy. What's Paris saying? He goes, get yourself out of the mud. Mud is good for your skin. Okay. Um, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently, it's good for your skin. Um, uh, but um, yeah, I, so yeah, look. I don't. Okay, I get. I get the tears for Splinter Cell. This is not Splinter Cell. I think the game looks good. Not being a downer. Play some multiplayer games. And what are you expecting from Ubisoft, man? At least they're trying something new. At least it's not another Assassin's Creed. New? I mean, it seems like they're chasing. It's it's kind of like new what we see them. when. Like when we saw uh, Lawbreakers, we thought, oh, they're just chasing the Overwatch craze. Asa, what do you think about this? Do you think this is just a flash in the pan, this X-Defiant? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm relieved that it's not a battle royale. I'm, I'm hoping that that fad is passing. So I'll take it like as a positive that it's not a battle royale game. They're trying something different. I don't know why it's necessary when Rainbow Six Siege is still so popular. I'm not sure what this adds. I know they're, they're different in mechanics, but they're, they're trying to play on... The Tom Clancy license. How is this anything to do with Tom Clancy? Um, but they're using, I guess, some of the agents from Rainbow Six Siege, which I have no attachment to. Uh, if they bring yeah. a game, Rainbow Six Siege was always, um, it started fairly weak. And by the time it got any good, it looked fantastic. It was appealing. Just the, the way that you can see people shooting through the environment looked great. But it got to a point where it became quite hard to approach because the people that had stuck with it were really, really good. Oh, so, yeah. Um, yeah. You will, you will yeah. not survive. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I guess a nice free-to-play new on-ramp into a game that's built off of the back of that, but with a tighter mm-hmm. arena focus. It could end up being a good thing. My eyes are firmly on Halo Infinite and Battlefield 2042. Um, I've got side-eye on Splitgate, if, if anyone's played any of that recently. That's um, that's generating a nice little little buzz um, as an arena game. I don't yeah. personally think... Cool. No, 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 I'm just agreeing with you. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I don't, don't personally, personally think, like Call of Duty. I don't play Call of Duty games particularly, and this is obviously taking more. It's more that angle yeah, in terms yeah. of its style, so it's probably not one that I'll I'll care for. Yeah, but good luck. It is. It's very, it's very Call of Duty with a low time to kill. You see from the gameplay, I was like, mm. oh, okay, it's going for that kind of Valorant Call of Duty thing. But it could be good, man. It all depends on the gameplay loop. It's for that market. Yeah, it's one of those things where the the. Uh, a lot of people are chasing these really popular games that aren't, we always talk about the big single player, amazing story experience. But when you look at the, the money being spent, it's on these other games that are service based and always online. And, and like those things become a bad word, but those games are the, 
cash cows of the industry and even like the little mobile games that none of us ever talk about or play are big cash cows because they kind of do the same they offer the same type of experience and as the some of the games we like to play like guess this could be like your replacement or your side game for apex legends but this side isn't game. something that i <laughs> it might not be something that i like maybe i want something maybe more story based you know more open world action adventure mm. thing but these games can be, I guess you can have both, but it seems like these can kind of overrun that. Uh, Hargit yeah. Chani says, XNC with the game on daily. Sauce, good job hosting Asa. Asa hosted by himself on Saturday while Gaz was gallivanting around. He said, I missed Gaz, though, for the show. Aww. And Brain Cells on Fire says, playing games on easy as a reviewer is honestly unprofessional and disingenuous. Uh, that's his take. I think that's a, I think that's a little rough as an opinion, but that transparency is important to us. Danny passion official says great panel. He's got the hand clap. And one more, we got Faisal Ishan says, Phil talked about the industry getting together to archive games, to preserve them. It got twisted into a whole back and pat needing the internet issue. I didn't look into where this all came from, but uh, boy, did it cause a mess. Boy, did yeah. it cause a mess. So let's see. So we, it's ex-defiance. There's one last one last thing on this, this Ubisoft game. Um if they want to challenge Call of Duty as directly as they do. I I already said I'm not particularly a Call of Duty fan. I don't understand how it is the behemoth that it is. But Titanfall didn't manage to make a dent. So oh, yeah. Ubisoft are brave having a crack at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so, true. So, so, so. so I mean the you guys have watched social media, the response to X Defiant wasn't particularly very warm. Mm-hmm. I think, right? Am I right? A lot yeah. of people were mad that they're. There's only one thing people have asked for from Ubisoft, and it's really been Splinter Cell for a while. And they're just. I think they muted that word on social media because they're just not getting it. But there's got to be some kind of hang up there. Let's talk about <laughs> the great evil Tencent buying oh, up right. Sumo, the Sumo team, which includes Sumo Digital, the team that made Crackdown 3 and <laughs> made. Uh, Sonic transformed All Stars Racing, and Little Big Planet Three, which did okay, and the recent Sackboy Big Adventure on PS5, which I think is an incredible game. I've been asking for Sumo Digital to take your precious Banjo Kazooie and make it incredible, like that game is. Let's start with Ace. Let's start with Gaz. What's this big Chinese company up to? Hmm, it's funny you say that a big Chinese company because this is where there, there's a lot of uh, skepticism around around it, and you know, I do worry about Tencent. I worry about, I really do. I think the reason why I worry is because there's very little transparency about Ten- Tencent's manifesto, or, or or at least what's actually in the uh, in the limelight. Because Tencent is an absolute juggernaut, man. They purchased 31 game studios last year, and and yeah, like you mentioned, they created some mixed successes. Crackdown Three it wasn't obviously great, but Sackboy, a big adventure. I mean, Sonic Team Racing, so criminally uh, underappreciated, in my opinion. Um, it's fun, but, yeah. Yeah, and I, I just can't see how Tencent acquiring studios is good for us gamers. Um, and do these, like, how, how's the impact? Primate, this is the big concern, really. How, how do these acquired studios function under the, the Tencent banner? Do they get the kind of autonomy they would get from Microsoft? I just don't think they would. And 
and like I mentioned earlier, a lot of the skepticism is rooted in this, the fact that the company is has the backing of communist China. And you may argue that our views are in the West are Jeez. perhaps... No, but our views in our West are perhaps skewed in a certain way because we're exposed potentially to bias reporting on it. So, you know, they're, you can't, they're, they're intrinsically linked. That mistrust is linked with the fact that it, it's, it's association with communist China. And, you know, we'll have to try and view this objectively. But even if you do so, you cannot deny... China's very aggressive expansion and policies, which makes it really hard to ignore. So there's that feeling of unease is is connected to that. You can't deny that, rightly or wrongly. Um, and uh, the other thing I was going to say is, look, in this field, we we get so much disclosure and discourse. We know how Sony function. We know how Nintendo function. We know how uh, Microsoft function. They've raked them through the coals. They've gone through the motions. They've been called out in this space. They have earned their track record. And as much as you can question the substance of a lot of their PR statements, I haven't seen anything from Tencent on that field. So that's where my concern comes from. Uh, I just don't feel comfortable in Tencent gobbling up these these studios. And I hope maybe I'm wrong and then these studios get the autonomy and they produce great games. But I, I can't see that happening. This is why I'm really grateful that Bethesda or Zenimax was acquired by Microsoft. I'd rather Microsoft, PlayStation or Nintendo acquire these studios not Tencent that gobbled up 31 companies last year, and I don't know what's going on with them. Oh my gosh. So, Asa, do you think it's as serious as Gaz paints the picture here? <laughs> um, <I'm, laughs> I was a little bit surprised by that, actually. I know um, more so America than here, and you have a lot of kind of anti-Chinese sentiment in a lot of the reporting there, at least. Mm-hmm. So I understand yeah. why people are very skeptical of Tencent, just from what we see bleed over at that. They've, they've been acquiring people for a long time and they've got their fingers in everything, including like Unreal Engine, which is going to be powering most of the games that we play on both platforms. I mm. think if they have nefarious plans, then we're screwed. <laughs> so, so hopefully, <laughs> hopefully they're just what's, playing what's capitalism. Ne- what's nefarious, what nefarious though? Like, they could have. You, like, um, <laughs> like Hawaii or what, 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 no, I don't know how you say their name but the ones that got banned from providing 5G everywhere because they wanted to spy on everybody oh, right? Oh, if yeah, they've got yeah, nefarious yeah. plans along those lines which I'm not saying they have clarification yeah. don't come after me if yeah. there is anything like that going on then, then it's too late we're done for right I hope <laughs> they're just playing capitalism and making as much money as they can making investments that are going to give them a return and I mean aren't they just like, looking to bring a bunch of games to the Epic Game Store is that like the end of the story Hopefully. Is it much more crazy than that? I don't think so, because then you'd think they would buy them through Epic rather than acquiring them as Tencent. Yeah. So I'm not sure. Um, where does where does Tencent put most of their games then? I don't, I don't think they have their own. They're not really a publisher as such, are they? They are a publisher in, in China, perhaps. They don't really publish things over here so much. Um, they normally... They normally own fractions of things. I guess they own the, the whole of Zumo. I was surprised at the size of Zumo and the value of it when you can when you consider Insomniac was two hundred and twenty seven million dollars or whatever it was. Zumo being like one point three, whatever it is there. Right, yeah, it was a big, big disparity disparity there with the uh, the purchase price. Yeah. Uh, well, I, <laughs> I don't know. Sumo Digital. Uh, is one of them like there's a whole conglomerate of this the sumo industry that they that they ba- paid for so there's a lot there some of it's gaming related maybe all of it's gaming related i'm i don't know like this is kind of a downer topic but l- let's shift into <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny but let's let's shift into something kind of different 
and hopefully my internet will be nice to me. But this weekend I had the privilege to play Double Fine's latest game, Psychonauts 2. And what I would like to do is try and play some of the footage uh, for a second while I kind of talk about it. Hopefully everything goes right. I've been working on the internet stuff behind the background to make sure that, that works right. But let me um, let me get this set up like this. Something like this, maybe? Nope, not that. Come on, what? you got you... it. You can do it. Come on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you uh, doing? What, what, there's a button here. Where is that button? Oh, I have to add this here. Uh, I think I add this, and then I go like this. Here we go. Oh, my gosh. I'm so good at this. So this is Psychonauts 2, and um, hopefully it runs well on the stream. But... Uh, let me turn this down. Just a bit. We're doing this live, like on the cuff here. This looks nice, man. So this is a 1080p 60 for the purpose of streaming. But Psychonauts 2 is an action platformer. It's a really quirky game that reminds me of Tim Burton's style. And like Tim Schafer's got a really interesting way of looking at things. So what this game does, it kind of tackles mental mental issues like working through emotional and mental differences with people so there's kind of a lot of uh what would you call it there's a lot of symbolism going on in the game but a lot of hilarious jokes so the game has a really interesting look so what they did is xbox gave me access to three main areas in save slots and i downloaded the whole game and they let me play through uh probably about a dozen hours of the game and i only got through half of it over the weekend but you've got like this action platform you can punch, you have like a range attack, you can pick up things with telekinesis and throw them, you can burn enemies. So it's this kind of got really all this. Good, man. Yeah, it's cool. It's got like this, uh, it's got all that great feeling. You've got left bumper, right bumper attacks, and left trigger, right trigger. You have a double jump, you can hold A to float. It's got grinding like Ratchet and Clank. It's just really a surprise game kind of coming out of. Well, this is, I don't know, it's just amazing. Like we didn't expect. For this and the media's response has been really surprising to me. Uh, just Corden of Windows Central is saying it could be his game of the year already, which I think is absolutely nuts. I think there's a grinding sec segment coming up here. Uh, if this yeah. is all, uh, I'm watching it as you are, so the timing will be a bit off, but yeah, it's a really interesting little game. So, yeah, oh, there, there, there we go. So, the, ba the bandwidth might be a little fluctuating here and there, but it's got some boss battles. Um, let me turn this down just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's a little bit loud. Yeah. It, I mean, this game oozes so much style. I, I, I started playing very late, actually. Me this year, last year? I don't know. My memory's a complete mess after COVID. But um, what was I going to say? Yeah, like the, the game oozes style, but the, this is definitely a, a successor to that. But it looks. Tim Burton just smashes it, man. And I can't wait for the Stream Deck. I hope you talk about that. Uh, Steam Deck, sorry. Steam Deck, um, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that in a little bit here. Yeah, but this would be like perfect for like because I've got the first game. This looks really nice. I would love, you know, look. Let's, let's be honest. This is going to be weighed up against Ratchet and Clank. Like even you of mentioned course. it. Yeah. You mentioned like the the great, uh, you know, the railing, whatever grinding. But the um, and I think it's a little bit of an unfair comparison. But maybe the, actually, what is it? I don't know. A different uh, studio might, but. It will definitely be weighed up against that. But if Jess Corden is, is very pleased about it, and I'm seeing, I mean, I'll be honest with you, like I, I, some of the early stuff they showed, I'm like, it does not look that good. But what I've just seen here, this just looks really nice, polished, just unique. It's this oozing mm -hmm. character. And I, I'm a big, big, 
big fan of Invader Zim, which is an incredible cartoon, and that the the main guy who voices Zim is in this as well. So I, I'm I'm really hyped, man. Sorry, I'm just. Uh... Yeah, I know. It's like as Gaz uh, as takes over my my little preview impressions, but I, I love it. You no, know, I've talked. Yeah, it's just there, here's a boss battle where you're. Uh, uh, let me look to see where we are live. Yeah, Tim, this is a Tim boss Shane, battle. Tim Burton, sorry. <laughs> oh no, I mean we yeah we're kind of referencing both, but yeah, Tim Schafer's game here. You're fighting this massive octopus that's made out of like a, a casino light, and. There's there's a funny part I didn't get to record it, but you have um, t- uh, psycho telepathy, telepathy. I don't know what it's called, where you can look in someone's mind, so you can walk up to any NPC and look at their mind and turn around and look at Raz, the main character, and he'll be a two D cutout bouncing around, <laughs> but he'll change depending on what mental status that the person is like sometimes you'll look at them and the person just have bacon swirling around them like all they can think about is bacon or you'll be a cardboard cut out of a guy with a uh with a uh you'll be raz with a dog catcher's net or you'll be a crazy doctor or something so there's some side scrolling stuff uh paris in the chat says psychonauts 2 is fantastic i know he's been playing as well uh, Randall Thor 19 has been playing it and he's really fallen in love with the game and shared his impressions on Twitter. He'll talk about it on his podcast, but it's just kind of a really cool game. And I know I give people such a hard time about banjo, but you have to understand that I didn't play banjo when it came out. And this is a more modern take on a platformer until I see a modern take of banjo. Then I'm all in. That's why I wanted somebody that's super talented. Obviously double fine would have been amazing, but Tim Schafer said he didn't want to make Banjo-Kazooie. He wants to do what he's doing. So, uh, Violent Femme in the chat says, did your kids play this game at all? Do they have any opinion if they watched you play? Uh, is my, are my kids allowed to play this under <laughs> the embargo? I, I actually had my son sitting with me. I have a 10-year-old son who sat with me while I played the game, and, and he, had, he was all smiles. So, he'll be getting this game on his Game Pass account and play it. So, yeah, I just think it's really... I love really... that you didn't let him play it. You just let him watch, man. <laughs> well, I mean, would I be in trouble if I let my, my 10-year-old take the controller for several minutes? Ah, probably not. Yeah, my son played it a little bit. Uh, that's the perks of uh, <laughs> being my son, I suppose. But, yeah. yeah, you can see, like, this platforming stuff, and it's actually fairly challenging. As why, why Tim Schafer said, if you play it with an invincibility mode on, you still beat the game. So I think we're actually still watching the seven minutes of cut. I did, I did cut a bunch of 30-second uh, shots together and kind of put them together to give you an idea of how the game looks. It looks much sharper than this and than what I can do on the stream. But, yeah, I might share that out later. But a really cool game. The game comes out in a month. And I had a conversation. Can I take a side here, guys? I, I was talking to Randall Thor about it. And we were trying to speculate how this game will review. And he thinks it might review up in the low to mid-80s. From what yeah. he's seen, here's a Plinko part. Uh, if you're caught up to what I'm seeing here, I think you are. Where you kind of bounce down here, the game kind of changes it up in every level. There was a level I didn't get to record where you're in this cookout game show, and these game show hosts are yelling at you, and you have to grab food characters from the audience with tele, tele- uh, what do you call it, telepathy, and you you hold them above your head, and you have to carry them over to a blender or a frying pan or a boiling pot, and you have to follow along with the instructions. There's a 2D character I was talking about. So this, this person sees you as a psycho <laughs> running mm-hmm. around. So the game just has so much charm, and the dialogue's really funny. So I wasn't expecting to, to really give this game too much attention, but uh, 
Paris in the chat says, I can see it getting 85 from what he's played so far. And it's just really interesting to, if a game like this, which is made by 80 people, to score around the, the big bangers we're seeing coming out, like Gears 5, uh, Spider-Man, Ratchet and Clank, like, yeah, that could be really great. So here it just uh, it stopped the loop. I'll, I'll hit play again as I finish up. Uh, I guess I could ask the panel, guys, what do you think about what you're seeing? Let's ask Asa a gas talk for a minute. So I um, normally, normally I don't like platforming games. I'm playing Ratchet and Clank, but that's not really a platforming game. It's more gunplay is a bigger feature. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't normally care for them. And Psychonauts 2 was barely on my radar for that reason. But um, we obviously run a news aggregation website and we've seen all these previews coming through and we've seen Windows Central saying this might be game of the year and we've seen Games Radar saying this might be game of the year. And how can it not like raise an eyebrow? I'm like, oh, oh. Isn't that and the big thing that um yeah, and the big thing that might sell it to me, well, I say sell it, it's on Game Pass, right? So obviously <laughs> I can play it. Um but the big thing that might I don't know, get me to download it, which is a big ask, it's not. Um the big thing is that everyone's saying that it's really funny. Yes, yeah. not, yes, I, I like it is. funny, right? Right. Contrary oh, yeah. to popular belief, I've got a sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> I love your sense of humor. Your sense of humor is so underrated. Yep. I'm not. I'm not just sucking up to you because you're alive and uh, I think I'm the one of the only few people who actually understands your incredible dry sense of humor. Um, but yeah, that no. the, that surprise factor of of Asa's sense of humor is what what really gets me. But yeah, this uh, I don't know. I think it's cool. I'm glad to see this. The other interesting aspect of Psychonauts 2 is it comes out as a multi-plat. It was previously set to publish on PS4. Let's talk about tech analysis. We'll leave with Asa. This game runs at 4K 60 on the Xbox Series X or above 1440p at 120 on the Series X. And the Series S, Asa, runs this game better and higher quality than the PS5. Do you know why that happened? It's it's a it's a big thing, isn't it? It's um it doesn't like so many things that we've seen over the last year. It's it's not really condemning the power of the PlayStation Five at all. It's condemning Sony's poor cross generational strategy relative to Microsoft. Um, obviously, Microsoft have stepped in with a bit of extra money and they're in the studio now and they can pull some strings and make things happen. But that's not not really the case here this game is performing and if you look at the performance chart that um that double fine put out about the playstation 5 um you're right it's 1440p 60 frames per second which the series s is capable of as well as hdr and a few other bits and pieces but it does have a note saying that's because it's the playstation 4 pro version running in backward compatibility mode and that mm-hmm. is not <laughs> like it's not an excuse because it's there's so many games doing that that's that's what you've got a two-year advantage this cross-generational period, the Xbox has this massive advantage. This game is 4K, 120 frames per second on the Series X with HDR, and it's clearly going to be a superior version. And it's not because Microsoft are holding things back and trying to sabotage things on Sony's side. It's because Sony have made yes. it difficult to do dual versions of the game. So, yeah, yeah uh, definitely I s- playing it on the Xbox. <laughs> I saw a hardware lead for Xbox say that more than likely Double Fine doesn't have a PS5 dev kit, so they have to do back in pat mode and this is a ps4 slash xbox one release but like how you said asa that the ps5 version doesn't have the best back and pat solution xbox does have the best back and pat solution so they're getting the full uh gen 9 aware the the boost the auto hdr this game has it all um it's gonna look great so 
Gaz, you think this matters? A multi-plat like this looking far better on a Series S for 300 yeah. bucks than a PS5? It does. It does matter. Uh, it's it's uh, purely based on what actually Acer said. That we are going to be in a cross-gen period for quite some time. So Xbox has this... Is this a significant advantage? For whatever reason, PlayStation, you know, had forsaken its back compat uh, or didn't take it as seriously as Xbox did. We, we, we're having uh, this increasing... This maybe uncharacteristically long cross-gen period because of COVID or whatever. Um, but, you know, that's a massive advantage. It's a massive advantage. You can't downplay the reasons. I'm seeing people saying, oh, it's only because of, you know, Sony's cross, uh, cross-gen, uh, you know, back, back compat is weaker. I'm like, well, yeah, well, that's the big reason why that's a big disadvantage. Um, so in that sense, it is. But a game like this, um, do, I mean, will that really sully your experience? I don't think that's the spirit of the game. So I don't want to overstate the importance of it, but I'm not going to downplay it. Yeah, it still runs at 60 on the PS5. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, you'll get like that full fluid feeling of the game. I should reset, guys. On the Xbox, Xbox, not only do you get the HDR, but you don't pay for it either. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. To be like like, really pedantic, though. So this this isn't so much. Microsoft have much better backward compatibility than Sony do, but this isn't. The problem with Psychonauts, the problem with Psychonauts isn't the backward compatibility. It's the fact that there is no native PlayStation 5 version. So what Microsoft do very, very well by necessity, because they're supporting all these different Xboxes and the PC platforms, is they have their SDK that covers all of them. So if you're making Psychonauts, you are making it for all of those platforms by default. And that's not the case within Sony's development environment. So you have to go, you have to essentially make that two versions of the game if you're doing it for the PlayStation 5 as well. And like you said there, it could well be that they don't have a dev kit. Sony might have said, oh, not, not sure about giving it to you now that you're owned by Microsoft. Like, we might want to keep these secrets. It could be something as silly as that. But Yeah. Okay. What? Uh, all right. Yeah, I guess that's going to be okay. That's going to be okay. Um, so, yeah, this guy, like, I, I don't know if you were alluding to, Asa, if you are alluding to that the game uh, is $60 for PlayStation fans, but... You have the option to play it for nearly free because of Game Pass, or it's just a better, just a better version, and that's okay. But uh, I, I should reset. We, this is the XNC podcast. We've got over 900 people watching lives right now with my good friends from Game On Daily, Gaz and Asa. We'll use their, those those two names instead of their full names and social security numbers. We'll do that another time. But <laughs> we welcome them to the show. If you're here, if you're listening live on YouTube. Please hit the like button and share it out. We are also on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and other podcasts. Seven podcast platforms, actually, that go up for on-demand, audio-only podcast listening to check out the show. Um, that goes on-demand after the show is done. So thank you all the support. I think I've got about 25,000 watches or listens on podcast platforms outside of YouTube since I've done the show. This is podcast episode number 11. So hit the like button. Thank you so much. I'm going to get into a couple of super chats as we move on to the next subject. Uh, we've got, this is a pretty, pretty crazy show. This is my first time showing gameplay as I got to kind of try to unkink the internet cord. It's been, uh, it's been quite a challenge. Uh, Will Kinsey says, is it acquisition season or not? My Twitter usage is affecting my workflow. Yeah, <laughs> I've checked Twitter when I've been in a work meeting. I'm like, oh, I'm going to stop that. But um, yes, 
I just heard from Nick from Xbox Era saying that acquisition season is not specific to just Xbox. And we just heard about Tencent. We heard about PlayStation buying their PC port studio, as it were. So when are we going to hear about Xbox? Gaz, what's your take on Xbox's next acquisition? What's your prediction? An insider told me it's happening yesterday. I don't know, man. This, you know what? I'm so tired of this. Act. No, no, this is no shade at you, you uh, Nick. We're, we're in party chat almost every day with my good friend Carlos. Shout out to him. Uh, but uh, I'm just so, I don't, I don't, you know, I've given, just before E3, I, fe- I fell in the source with you guys. Oh, Avalanche is happening. Oh, this is happening. I believed it. And now it didn't happen. And I know there's a multitude of different reasons it might not happen. I'm not going to guess what's the point. It's going to be Capcom. Uh, no, I don't know, man. I, I've tried this. This is just, just guessing at this point. It's bound to happen because of what Xbox have explicitly said that they haven't stopped. We know there are gaps that Xbox want to fill in Japan. I think a Japanese studio or some, a studio that will help enhance uh, Xbox's appeal in Japan or in the Far East Asia. It's, it's, it's really important. So that might happen. Uh, but it's just guessing. I'm about. Game on Daily, we, we don't pretend to know what we don't know. Uh, oh, no, no, that's not shit. That's not shit. That's not shit. That's not shit. Oh, I should have read rephrase that uh, no. well, I'll, I'll rephrase <laughs> it for you game on daily likes to report on whatever is official that gets in the news feed for people to yeah that that would be the better way of yeah that's what i've seen yeah, I, that's what, real I quick asa hold up that glass while gaz was talking i felt like we were among royalty hold that glass up again you need to hold that up closer to the camera what is that posh gloss what? That is amazing. A large glass rather than a pod glass. We don't need to do this. We don't need to do <laughs> that this. Is a, that is amazing. This is, is the high caliber uh, guest that I try to bring you. Somebody who drinks out of uh, somebody's old bong from the 90s. But yeah, that's amazing. No, that, no I'm just kidding. That's great. <laughs> uh, we've got Brandon who says... Oh, I, I, let me go up one. Ron Hale says, great panel tonight, Colt. Hey, he's talking about you two. Have any of you played <laughs> MechWarrior 5? Mercenaries yet? It's on Game Pass, and it's a great play. I did try it. I got through the tutorial. I'm not sure if I'm ready to play that. Have you guys dipped your toes in, or you're a you're I haven't a yet. I'm interested, so long, as, so long as it has all of the buildings falling down and things. Um, that came it out does. a while yeah, a while prior on PC, and I've been intending to try it for ages, but not quite caught around to it. Um, I just, just real quick on acquisition season. I don't oh. think it applies for Microsoft. I'm not, I'm not pouring water on, on any of the rumors. I just think that their acquisition season is whenever. I think they start all of their negotiations like with, so you for sale, <laughs> um, all year round. If they want someone, they want someone. If I can understand acquisition season for people that are tied to their fiscal results and things in the way that mm-hmm. um, uh, people without Microsoft's bankroll might be more tightly bothered by, right? So Sony might have a tighter schedule for, for when they can spend and when they can't. But Microsoft, in the phase that they're in right now, it's constant acquisition season. They're always going to be on the lookout. Yeah, and they don't so, say, we want to buy Avalanche, uh, let's go write the check, and then we hear about it in a, in a day later. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of the, spending that money, Gaz, what, what happened with MPD for June? It's got some people upset. They're not happy. <laughs> so, this is why you invited me. Eh? Yeah, I know. Oh, I yeah. Don't hold back. Uh, <laughs> don't hold back. There, There is quite a mess there when we're talking about money with back. Xbox. When have I ever held back? Um, I maybe need to hold back more. Uh, so 
if you haven't checked the Iron Lords podcast, I love that. King David went in on this, and I loved it. And uh, he was yeah, hip hop gamer on, so it was a great uh, <laughs> back and forth there. But um, you know, Xbox Legend dollar sales, Switch still managed to sell the most. I don't know what is on that console. It's like crack. Um, but okay. The PS5 is still the fastest selling console in US history, right? So, uh, mm-hmm. reigning expectations, but, 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 but. Look, this isn't inconsequential. I've seen downplaying, upplaying on, on both sides. One side is saying, oh, no, the consoles, there's constraints with silicon. So, you know, they can, you know that's why PlayStation isn't sold. But that, that's affecting Xbox as well. I do think, in the interest of fairness, that the PlayStation is suffering a lot more than that. Um, but, uh, well, not a lot more, but perhaps more. I have not, no insight into that. But it's quite important. This is quite important because if if Xbox can consistently out, this is like this is just the beginning. But if Xbox can consistently outdo PlayStation in the US, when uh, so that it can reclaim the position it was in back in the 360 days, that is not insignificant. I know we a lot of people have now. You know, some people downplay the uh, hardware sales metric in favor of software, and then they, they rely on Xbox Game Pass, which is a paradigm shift anyway. It has changed the game. You have to be completely blinkered to, to say otherwise. But hardware, I still think it's still important. I, I, I'm still... A lot of people disagree with me on that, and that's fine, but I don't think you should understate the importance of hardware sales and that this NPD result may be an indication, may be an indication that... There's a shifting tide in the hardware. As far as hardware is concerned, in the U.S., if they can consistently okay. do that, it's over. I mean, yeah, I mean, I know what you mean. Like when you say it matters, I mean, almost everything matters. But it's like, what is the yeah. most important, or where is the target? So here's the thing: before I go to Asa about this, this was hardware sales revenue, not how many units of hardware sold. So better stated. The Xbox Series X, which is 500 the same as PS5, and the Series S, which is $300 in North America, outsold the PlayStation, which is 400 and 500 So with a $100 per unit, what would the word be? It's cheaper. It still sold more. And everybody, you get, you get the uh, play, big PlayStation fans that are all about the console war that say, well, that's because PlayStation wasn't available and you can find Xbox Series S's everywhere. I'm like... So, hmm. so if you can find them everywhere and they still outsold the PS5, how in the world does that logically work? And keep in mind, now I'll go to Asa, Xbox <laughs> is sending a large chunk of their hardware to the xCloud around 22 countries and they are not targeting their hardware to North America. They are doing an even global approach because in the past they've always focused on North America and left the rest of the world high and dry, which has led to them not having a global reach. So, Asa, what is your take on Xbox winning MPD and um, all other console insults you're going to throw out? Console insults? I <laughs> love my kidding. consoles, what, Like, um, Tell me, how do you take this information? They're selling out, right? Both of them are selling out. And that's not to downplay it because um, Xbox haven't done that, haven't beaten Sony in America since 2016. Is that right? Like a long, oh, a long wow. stretch, something like yes. that. I could be reading that wrong. I follow the, um, nope. the sales. No, you're right. Two Fall 2016 with the One S. Yeah. Ooh. So you can't. Yeah. You can downplay it and say they're both selling out, but 
kudos to them for for manufacturing so many. I do think that their global distribution is probably not as evenly spread as Sony's. So Microsoft definitely have markets that they're going to focus on more, America and the UK in particular. Um, I'd actually be more interested um, to know the breakdown between Series X and Series S sales there. I don't know. Was that was that in the figures? I don't think it is because those those figures aren't available to anybody. So we don't know if uh-huh. Series S is leading the sales. But what we do know, and maybe you guys can corroborate this, is that I hear a lot of people say, in the UK, you can easily find a Series S. They're sitting in stores all the time. This is not the case in the United States where I am. So, have you guys? I mean, do you even go to stores and oh, look I at? I haven't left my house for a year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Are the stores still open, Gaz? <laughs> uh, yes, I bought them underwear recently. But isn't it weird? To, people don't understand when they they come at these arguments, you know, and they they bring a sickle out to hit somebody, and they say. You can find the Series S everywhere, but yet that console is sold outsold the PS5. And the, the funny thing, like Asa said, is that there's a supply constraint. So as soon as they come off the assembly line, they go to market and they're bought immediately. But that means like scalpers picking up a PS5, it still counts as a sale, right, Asa? It sure does. You know, the, the reason that I say um, the Series X and the Series S breakdown is the thing that's more interesting to me. Is I'd, just, I'd love to know where Microsoft focus is between the two and where the consumer market is between the two. It's, it's a shame we don't get that breakdown. It will be a more interesting thing to see than Xbox versus PlayStation in this instance when they're both selling out. But And we never will, but what's your, what's your guess, mm. Asa? Which one do you think they put priority on to get out the door to retail? Oh, that's such a hard question. Like Initially, mm. it had to be the Series X. It had to be the Series X initially because that's the oh, early the adopter. So do you but think they've changed to where they're pushing out more Series S because it's a low got price to a point? point where they shift? Ooh. Mm, that's a that's... very good question. Uh, Gaz, what do you think? This I is mean, why I'm interested in those numbers. <laughs> I, I think the Series S might be get priority out to retail first. As I hear uh, Asa talk about this, Gaz, what would be your guess? Because this is pure speculation. We're never going to know. We'll never know how many digital PS5s they sell out, send out for $400. I would think very few, but... So what do you think the priority is for Xbox? This is a very good question because uh, what's the significance of that? If, for instance, you say the Xbox has now shifted its focus to Series S, what does that actually suggest? That it's hit critical mass with the Series X console base and that's why it's focusing on the Series S? To, uh, no, I don't think in. so. Yeah, so what, I mean, what's that then? It's so, well, I mean, if you're Microsoft, put, if you saw that and I told you... Yeah, put yourself in their shoes. On yeah. S, they're focusing on the Series S now. Uh, what would you read for that? But why are they focusing on Series S? What's your answer to that question? Why would they be focusing well, I'm, on Well, I would ask you, Gaz, like if you oh, were yeah, in show. charge, <laughs> right? If, if you were, like, but put yourself in the shoes for a second. If you were in charge of getting those consoles out, do you think Series mm-hmm. S is like, hey, these are cheaper, we can sell a lot more of them than we can an extra $200 Series X? Like, would you be yeah. thinking that way as a as a business? Like, if you owned a shop, how about yeah. that? Like, let's say you own your yeah. local kebabie shop. Kebabie. Kebabi. <laughs> and you've got... Key Appeal here. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, Key Appeal uh, reference. Uh, those guys are hilarious. So if you had... If you... <laughs> if you were bringing in Xbox consoles, like, would you prioritize the X? Like, Asa, what would you do? Say the letter. What, which one? You, there's a point where you definitely prioritize the S if your ambition is global expansion. Yeah, yeah. And Game Pass, as we know that it is. So there's a point that they'll prioritize the S. Obviously, they want both on the on the shelves and available for everyone that wants them. But okay. I, like the X is obviously their 
their kind of flagship that they were obviously going to push initially. So there's going to be a point where that shift, like there's a shift in focus there. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we have already reached it and the S is getting priority now. But yeah, I, 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 I was thinking that it's quite early for that to happen, but that'd be really good. And also, and I think So Shady kind of alluded to that as well. There's there's more to this than that. If you can focus on the Series S, get your you'll inevitably sell more because of the price points more inviting. What you can also mm-hmm. do is benefit from what Nintendo, in, in my opinion, do quite well, which is really like benefit from the scarcity principle. That okay, whilst there's this, um, we, we can have there's a there's there's definitely maybe not quantifiable, but there is definitely a value in people in saying that the Series X is sold out consistently sold out because then that will garner more more uh, you know uh, eagerness to get the get a hold of that, which will have a positive boon for Series X while still simultaneously enabling you to S- still get getting the S's the out the door. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, very good, very good point, very good point. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of funny, and they'll they'll never say the the numbers, but uh, I think this discussion right here is pretty close, right? Uh, it's mm. it's not unreasonable. Brandon says, "Do you think the definition of a AAA game has changed in the last few years, especially with all of the great indies? What constitutes a AAA game nowadays?" Asa, do you know what the definition of AAA is? A lot of people actually mi- mix this outrageous. There's, there is no hard written definition of a AAA game, and I will fight you if you say there is. Um, I won't fight you because you're a good guy. Um, it's, it's a term that's like taken on a life of its own. I don't even know who started it. Um, but by some reckonings, the, the, the AAA means it's budget, quality, and scope or something. Like there is a, a, a definition yeah. that somebody was going by. Um, other people's standard is just like mine's bigger than yours. Mine's four A's. So you make seven A games or whatever else it will be. Um, <laughs> I don't know how, how important is that definition really though? Unless you're trying to sell games for 70 pounds, I guess you probably do need to, to think about it, but yeah, I mean, it does. <laughs> the, the technical definition is the budget and the size of the studio. So, you can't say that 343 puts out a double-A game. They, they're just a triple-A studio, and that's the budget they put in. But I think what... Uh, let me... Who, who is this? Brandon, what Brandon's saying is that there's all these little games that really blow us away. Uh, maybe they're made by three people. Maybe they're made by 80, like Psychonauts 2. And I guess what Ace is alluding to is sometimes we treat triple A as a quality stamp, like a stamp yeah. of, of quality and say, this game is so great and it does all these things really well, production values, it's triple A. And I think what Brandon is saying is if it's triple A to you, then I guess call it triple A to yourself, but arguments fall along when you have uh, ratings and you throw Metacritic in there. But uh, let's talk about... Uh, Phil Spencer talking about single player games. He said this one little statement. Everybody made videos about it. But the the big takeaway is that now in the situation that Xbox is in, they're going to have more big AAA, as Brandon calls them, AAA single player games than they've had in a long time. And if you're an Xbox fan, it's been a little dicey as far as big AAA games that Xbox has made in-house. Gaz, what is Xbox cooking? Does, can Phil say this? And is he yeah. being, being genuine when he oh, says this? Oh, he's definitely being genuine. If they release one good AAA single play game, his statement is true. Because <laughs> Xbox doesn't have that many. <laughs> oh, that was, oh, that was so horrible. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> hey, facts are facts, man. Xbox has been weak in a, as far as it's Over the past, it. like, five or six years, yeah. 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 
And a lot of people have been saying, you know, that Xbox needs that. The Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice is one of the of those big ones. But, you know, um, to which I say it definitely needs it. It definitely needs it. Xbox is going to has the breadth of studios. It has the numbers now to facilitate, be risky in all sorts of manners. AAA, big, a big AAA single-player game is not actually that risky. It's almost something that people are demanding because they're, they're in they terms are. of optics optics against PlayStation. They're, they're weighing it up, and then they... You know that's something definitely high on the Xbox you know, te- checklist of we need to get this right, um, to, and they do. They absolutely do. They ha- there's this thing now. There's this almost like a cu- not culture, but I'd say a custom that's been set by PlayStation uh, and the way the industry has unfolded. That you know a lot of success is gauged by how you can deliver a game, and it's kind of weird. It's like why is this genre this type like of how it game? looks in presentation? Yeah. You mean? Yeah, I mean, and, and no, in terms of how much like a single player game and a good quality single player game commands so much respect, and the, how that benefits the platform's optics, and so it's a bit interesting in that sense. The, the, the devil's advocate in me it says, well, you know, Xbox doesn't need to necessarily do; they're willing to play to its strengths. Sony, on the other hand, is really desperate, desperate to try and replicate the success in the multiplayer arena, which it has done for years, and Microsoft is struggling the opposite. Both need yes, to do yeah, either or for sure. Yeah, I, yeah. I, Gaz, I think, uh, I think fans, Xbox fans or PlayStation fans demand very special treatment. So, of course, there's exclusives, but I, I think, and you're probably you've kind of alluded to this as you were talking, and, and it's what got me hit to this point is that if Xbox says Ninja Theory is making Hellblade this massive, like top quality looking cinematic experience. It looks next level. Then an Xbox fan feels like Xbox cares about what they want and is crafting them a special, full bodied, amazing game that offers visuals, gameplay, feel, tactile, audio, everything, all that, that whole package. And if Xbox puts out, it asks a small studio to make battle toads, like four people make battle toads. Xbox feels like, where's that experience we've been asking for, for a bigger thing. And like you said, play to your strengths. Xbox is in the luxury now where they can make the little games that Mm -hmm. are, that, that hit people like in the right way. And they can make the super big games that are what people are asking for. Asa, you play all kinds of different games. Do are you, do you have emotion tied to having a big cinematic full bodied package of a game that's triple A? Oh, at least seven A's. Um I play I do play these um these Sony games, right? They're they're big signature ones. I do play them and I do like them. And it's not new for Xbox to be trying to kind of chase that. They've used Gears of War to try and chase that. Obviously, they had a, a crack at it with Rise as a second party. Like they used Crytek, obviously, for that one. Um, in terms of what they're going to be delivering now, though, Microsoft have got so many studios that they should be scattergunning every approach, right? So that's that's one yes. thing that a lot of Xbox fans are looking for. Microsoft have got the studios to, to have a crack at it. When Gaz says it's not high risk, I kind of disagree a little in the, the sheer cost of those games, and the, the traditionally kind of hostile reception that they get from the media does mean there is a certain amount of risk because they can they can yeah. put in a 2,000-person effort like The Last of Us Part Two. They can invest all of that in it, and the media can say, Microsoft and try to copy Sony. Let's give them a 4 out of 10. Yeah. And then it's not paid off, right? Um, that could happen. Yeah. 
it definitely could happen. Um, so there is some risk there, but they've got the studios, they've got the bankroll, they've got Game Pass to mitigate that risk. So if that game comes out and the media says, ha ha, let's stab it, <laughs> people are going to play it anyway because it's on Game Pass. So yeah, I want to see from Microsoft a massively broad range of games. It's quite funny, actually, because at the moment, um, I think it's fair to say that all of the, the big publishers, um, Microsoft, Sony, and most of the big third-party ones, everything that they make, I would feel as a core gamer, pretty much everything is targeted at me personally, right? Oh, that's nice. That's so nice to much, hear. Pretty much every Sony game and every Microsoft game are like, that's interesting. I'm interested in that. Oh, that's um, so that, good was, to hear. Holy crap. When we live in a world where people are so negative, we have Asa from Game On Daily telling us that when he looks at the full breadth of all of these platforms making games, no matter what platform they're on, they all have something that he's excited about. That is such a refreshing take. Well, in Canada, right? <laughs> Love. Love. But, <laughs> uh, don't expose but, me, guys. You know, on the other it's hand, change, right? on the other hand, I can. So if Microsoft want to grow, then they need to start you, targeting people that aren't me. So I yeah, probably expect yeah. Microsoft to announce some games that are like, I'm the type of person when I look out across the landscape of games that are coming, you know, I think I don't, I don't think I'll like that. I don't think I'll buy that. I might not play that. I might give that a shot and I'm okay, but I don't need to get on social media and say, don't play X defiant. It's trash. <laughs> people are calling Look, it a trash game already and the games are so like what no okay but that's a different topic but yeah cold is uh, deflating gaz's balloon i don't know what that means violet femme but okay <laughs> uh, yeah i wonder how, well that could be back as i mean i probably deflated your balloon years ago but hey uh special nick from xbox era says and i saw you laughing when you read this gaz he says gaz stop invading mine and carlos's party chat uh, is, are I you love, doing this? Or are you just jumping in people's party chats and 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 so, destroying their fun? It's such a small world. I very quickly. Carlos is a friend of mine since seven, eight years old. Uh, eight years ago, and I see him party chat. He's with Special Nick. I'm like, what are you two doing together? And now I go in there. They're both Australian, so I do a really bad Australian accent, right? And they hate me for it. Um, <laughs> but I love them, and I do it every morning. So I, a shout out to both of them. I love you guys. Yeah, they're they're good dudes. Yodani. Quidanza says, ended up in the hospital with my wife for a week. Sorry to hear that, bro. I'm talking to him a lot. He's a really cool dude. He says, xCloud streaming was the real VIP <laughs> on top of games to download day one using my phone to stream. I picture my man, Yodani, sitting next to his wife while she's suffering through uh, <laughs> in the hospital. And he's like, yeah, you, you good? You good? This, this, no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> Uh, yeah, shout out to her. Hopefully everything's good. I'm sure uh, everything's going to be smoothed out, but I'm glad that I'm sure she was okay with you playing X cloud while you sat next to the hospital bed and ate her jello. That was supposed to be for her, but uh, yeah, these people are amazing in this community. Uh, we've got Horace who says, great show, mad love. When will King David come through? I've had King David on with Gaz and the incredible miles. Don Pierre, so love that was an amazing show. I'd love to have him on again. I want to get some new people and fresh faces. King David is such a fun dude to be around. I've actually met him in person at E3 2019. He's like nine feet tall. He, his smile is this big. He's amazing. Like I said, this is an amazing, amazing uh, community. Uh, as we're talking about Xbox's first-party offering... Matt Booty had to like uh, step up to the plate, the head of Xbox Game Studios, and he said, we don't mandate to our studios to make games as a service or you have to make this or you have to make that. 
which is a message I think the majority of the community seems to not didn't agree with before. Everyone assumed that Microsoft buys a studio and says, you will make this. Or 343, you have to make Halo, which is funny because their name is 343 Guilty Spark, which comes from Halo Combat Evolved. So if you're expecting them to make something different, they're there to make Halo. Gaz, what's Matt Booty? What's the message he's trying to send here when he says that Double Fine doesn't have to go make an online, persistent, open-world MMORPG? Uh, I mean, every excuse in the arsenal of these concern trolls and, and fanboys is falling apart. I mean, how many express statements do you need to the contrary of what they're saying? Uh, actions do speak louder than words, but Game Pass might is something that... And, and Game Pass actually does suit, I, I think, games as a service a lot more. Uh, so, there, But the fact that there's no hard rule against that or mandate for that is comforting. And it's then up to the studios, just by virtue of the Xbox's... Uh, makeup and Game Pass existing, you might see more gas, gang games as a service anyway. Gas, gas, but you know, I, you know, but it's really comforting to know. And but to the, to the detractors out there, this this is almost actually uh, the reason why he's made this statement. It's only to just you know to combat squash a lot it. of the sentiment. Yeah, to squash it. And then, so the, to to my point to that is to all the people who are so quick. To deride in uh, every angle. What's your? What are you going to complain about now? You know, first, first they were saying, and I'm seeing this. I'm seeing this. I've seen this with my own eyes. First, Xbox was too controlling. Remember the meme that? Remember that? If you, I don't know. The, this is for the older pe- peeps. Have you seen that animated little skit? So funny of uh, Xbox exec holding rare like on a leash. And so you will make uh, some rubbish like Connect uh, games. That's it. And so that was the thing. And now I'm seeing the complete opposite. Oh. You're giving too much autonomy to these studios. You need to do what... <laughs> play, and I'm seeing it. PlayStation, or oh, they said studios out there, they, they help curate the article. They really care about molding it. I'm like, you're, you're damned if you do, if you're damned if you don't. But ultimately, Matt Booty's statement is very reassuring. Um, that the, And he, if you watch, if you read their interview with all the multiple studios that... And he, a big shout-out to him goes to Matt Booty. I don't think a lot of people realize how... Uh, how instrumental he has been in the assimilation of these studios and the settling in of these studios at Xbox. You know, everyone is like Sarah Bond, love her. She's doing, oh, she's at the forefront of Game Pass. They've got a great team, yeah. Great, great team, team there. And and he is really important. Matt Booty is really important. But um, this is a positive sign. Will it actually result in less games as a service, though? That remains to be seen. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Asa? Um, yeah, <laughs> looking I'm, I'm... at looking at like games as a service, I think if you take a step back, games as a service games can be some of the most popular games in the landscape of what are popular or what people are playing, right? So, what do you take from this? Because that's, that's it's a... can. I'm I'm glad that Gaz pointed out that back and forth on the the control and the autonomy argument because he's absolutely right. I've seen that go back and forth so many times. Yeah, so many times. Like oh. The whole problem with Microsoft is is they're like they're they're overbearing on their studios and they're making them do things they don't want to do and it's a disaster. Whereas Sony let their studios do whatever the hell they want and it's the best games ever. And then you start to learn that the reality is that actually Sony have quite tight control of their studios. Yeah. And, they do, and, and for good result too. I in my and opinion. for good result, yes. Yeah. And um, and then you start to, I, to hear the arguments like, oh, the whole problem is that Microsoft give these studios too much autonomy and they don't know what they're doing and they make these terrible games, and it's like. 
was the right answer for you people. Microsoft are supporting their studios. That's the right answer, isn't it? You want to support yeah. creativity and try and build things up. And if they don't all work, they don't all work. Um, in terms of games as a service, Microsoft are, are very good at it and always have been since the inception of Xbox Live, right? It's their it's mm. their strength and they should play to it. That's not to say that's a good point. that they should disregard other kinds of games. But like as we're saying, Sony don't have those kinds of games. They've got lots of single-player games. They need to try and get into what Microsoft are good at. You don't very often hear the argument that way around for some reason, but it's just yeah. as valid. Um, it's kind of lopsided, isn't it? Because like, we scoffed at Sea of Thieves when it first came out, but now it's this cash cow of this people are really happy and continuing to play it because it offers content that keeps coming. And there's this bad word around games as a service that you have to just keep paying and keep paying. Not the case with some games. Why like, is there this snobbery in favor, against multiplayer games? Because that's what it actually I, is against single-player games. And I, that that really annoys me. Well, Gaz, don't you think that it, people feel like it threatens the opportunity for single-player games? If the multiplayer games are so popular that that's where all the money goes, then eventually studios will go, well, there's not really money. Because there was that conversation where, uh, I think it was Sean Layden from PlayStation said AAA games aren't sustainable. Phil has also said AAA games weren't sustainable. You pick and choose which one you're going to put on a magnifying glass for that. But do you think, Gaz, that people feel threatened that a big game like Apex Legends gets so popular from 2018, 2019 on that that Respawn won't make a single-player game? They did, but is that why? I think there's... there's there's room to be a little bit concerned there. Like, are we going to see GTA 6 anytime soon because there's these shot cards that these things are generating money? I think a big reason why Battlefield actually is mimicking a lot of what Apex Legends is doing with his battle passes and, uh, you know, it's it's the way this price point is because actually of Apex Legends, which you, may, um, you might say that's a free-to-play game, but Apex has generated a lot partly thanks to me, but a lot of money. They made billions. They made billions. <laughs> made billions on microtransactions and loot boxes. Apex Legends, which isn't even the biggest BR game, it's madly successful. So there definitely is a threat in the in the, in the interest of balance there. Uh, there's a, not a threat, but I can understand the concern, but I still think it's completely lopsided in terms of uh, the, way, the manner in which we invite uh, or perceive single-player games and multiplayer games. I'm a multiplayer guy. Um, well, I know. I don't play. I lo- and I and it really annoys me that how people view multiplayer as a, like as it's a, as a lesser of of the two. Uh, to which and I which say, was which was a bigger game, Asa? Apex Legends by Respawn or Jedi Fallen Order? Oh yeah, that's, that's a no brainer, isn't it? It's definitely Apex Legends. Um, and I, they're both amazing. They're both like, yeah, like people love them. But Jedi Fallen Order was far from a flop, right? Obviously, it's got the Star Wars IP behind it, so it had uh, everything yeah, going for it. But it's like the one of the best in Star Wars general. Movie, yeah. yeah, the concerns in general, though, about um, the, the budget of these single player games and how sustainable it is. I remember um, Cliff Blazinski was talking about this back um, around the time that Gears of War 2 launched, saying that like, this isn't sustainable, these budgets are getting too high. Yeah. It's just not going to work forever. Um, and you see that manifest, and it's true, and he was right, and it doesn't work. For me, single-player games with these expanding budgets, even even the big ones like The Last of Us Part Two, right? They're too long. I, I love those games, but I don't need them to be that it long. long. Most yeah. single-player games are. So for me, games, part of the problem is that, I mean, if you're, it's less so Microsoft at the moment, because fortunately they're, they're 
embracing loads of different pricing models, but if you're Sony and you're saying your game's got to be worth £70, then you've got a problem um, in what you're delivering. Um, yeah. You've got to add a few more hours of, hours of, yeah. You've got to add those hours. You've got to keep pumping yeah. that budget up. You've got to hit a certain target. Whereas if you've got a bit more flexibility there, which is something I've always believed should be the case for game pricing anyway, there shouldn't be a, this is the price yeah. first, let's build the game yeah. to it. It should be, let's build mm. a game and then price it. And Microsoft, yeah. in a roundabout way, are solving that with Game Pass. So you'll see a lot of the games going on there aren't charged mm-hmm. at, at recommended retail price. It's less important for them now. What's important for them now is content for Game Pass that people are going to consume. And that can be mm-hmm. multiplayer online stuff with microtransactions, but it can be succinct, single-player, story-driven, high-quality cinematic games as well. And we had um, there was that massive conversation around Days Gone where um, David Jaffe mm-hmm. had the, the developer of it and he was like, oh, you, you had to pay full price for games or, or you're an ass or whatever he said. Um, yeah. And it didn't go down well. <laughs> and the messaging was terrible. And you, you feel from a little bit because he wants his game to do well, but you can't tell people that they're the problem for not paying enough for it. <laughs> and, and the correct answer is what Microsoft are doing. You support more models for paying and, and delivering games. So hopefully we're going to see great things. <laughs> yeah, you increase uh, accessibility too to to games for people yeah that's uh oh my gosh that's crazy because when you really think about it single player games are doing really well and games as service games are doing really well so i think gaming is getting so big right now really you shouldn't have to worry i don't think there's as much risk but i'm not running a multi-million dollar studio but when i look at all the games there's so many games that just most of them don't flop it's very rare that a game flops. I guess Biomutant came out and kind of flopped, and that maybe that one didn't make up the money. Uh, and that's an open-world game. Mm. But I just think about all the games that come out, and I buy what I buy. Uh, gaming's bigger than ever, and it's making a lot of money. So there should be room for all of that, right? I think Game Pass is making that room. And I really, so as I get older, I've said this before, I'm starting to veer, veer towards indie games more because I love the artistic style and the risks they take. Um, and I, what I really love is this is a symptom of Game Pass, actually, is the fact that indies are being enjoyed so much more regularly that they're actually cropping up in conversation normally when there was almost like a sense of shame like with them. Uh, whereas with Xbox is inviting natural, healthy, unforced conversations <laughs> on things like Narita, Narita Boy, things like Song of Iron. I can't wait for that. Everyone's really hyped for it. You think it's a big AAA game that's made by one guy, Joe Winter, who managed we we love lovely gentlemen. We have had the pleasure of interviewing. But yes, uh, on yeah. It, well, yeah. Let me pause you right there. Gaz and Asa from Game on Daily they run a live interview show with industry people and influencers. A lot like this show. I mean, this show is a wannabe of Game on Daily, but they run a great show. And they, you will have Song of Iron developer. You had him on, right? You had him on. I you had him on. So action. yeah, I go check that out yeah. and. Uh, I'm sure I'll have a link to their channel uh, when when this goes up, but go follow and subscribe to these guys. They've had on some amazing people. They have great conversation like we're having right now. They've had these developers on for small indie studios, and and it's been amazing to see this kind of uh, connection between fans and the people that make the games that become fans of those games. Hargit Chani says the cross-gen is longer now because there is a huge leap from last-gen there isn't a huge leap. The biggest leap right now is frame rate, thankfully. So last gen games aren't far off from new gen games. We're seeing that, like right now, uh, when 
Psychonauts 2 comes out, it will look great on a PS4 Pro, and it'll look great on a PS5. So, yeah, that that's good too. Uh, I've got Michael, a.k.a. Bedstoy Finest, says, Xbox deserves all the respect on credit where they're getting right. Great job. Phil is the future is bright. Also, Series X will bring the heat this gen, which I think we're seeing. One more I'll read and we'll get on the next topic is Devario2Gaming says, Off topic, will Deathloop be in Game Pass Ultimate? Sorry I was late to the show. Hey, you're here. That's good. That was a while ago when we said that. But uh, Deathloop will be... That's what people are asking is if it's going to come out in PS5 and it'll pop up in Game Pass PC. My answer is no. Sony has got the exclusivity rights. So will that game be on Steam, Asa? Because it's supposed to be on PC. It'll be on PC and PlayStation 5. Will it launch on Steam? Unless Bethesda already signed a deal with Epic, which isn't unheard of. Um, As far as Mm -hmm. I know, everything that Microsoft owns comes out on Steam, doesn't it? Uh, Just uh, your point that games don't really flop anymore, these big ones. There's there's someone at Square Enix just crying into his Captain America hat at the moment. (laughs) His minus $63 million. (laughs) I was trying to be nice, Asa. (laughs) Asa Asa's ruthless, man. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... I, I try not to be super negative, but when that game comes up, when you talk about Avengers, I'm like, uh. and then Guardians of the Galaxy looks very similar. I hope it's better. It looks very cool. Uh, let's talk about, you were talking about these indies that really surprise and shock people. Double Fine's kind of an, almost like an indie with uh, Psychonauts 2, but they've got they've got a little extra, a uh, little backing and sauce going on there. I actually heard behind the scenes that Xbox asked them to go back and kind of retool the game. That was what the year delay was. And we're seeing that quality, which we talked about earlier. But have you guys talked about Death's Door, the little crow isometric, like, beat em up and, and crazy little indie game? Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm, Death's Door? Absolutely, yeah. Not just that. There's there's three three on the radar for Xbox fans at the moment. Let's hear so, about them. Well, the, the isometric um, like action RPG games, essentially. You've got Death's Door any minute now. It comes out tomorrow, right? That looks fantastic, and people previewing that are saying that's that's well worth a look. You've also yes. got um, The Ascent, another isometric one that everybody here probably already knows about, looking fantastic, cyberpunk End setting. of the month. End of the month. And then a couple of weeks after that, you've got Hades, which is a known entity because quite a lot of people have already played it. It was a close-run thing for Game of the Year last year. So there's three isometric RPGs right on the horizon. If you step outside of, of Xbox systems as well, there's Tribes of Midgard on the, the PlayStation and the PC to, to take it up to four. Oh, really? uh, that's okay. a template okay. co-op thing that also looks good. But if you're a fan of the isometric action RPGs, you are spoiled for choice in the next month because they all just look really good. Yeah, I talked to someone who's previewing Death's Door and just couldn't stop gushing over it. So, uh, Gaz, you play games like this? These little these little teeny yeah. tiny double-A single-A games? I actually... So we, we uh, funny enough, we, I think, which show was the Ace? I think it was the indie coverage, and these, all these games were show, showing up. Death's Door looks really cool. It looks really cool. I can't. I didn't know it was coming out tomorrow, but I'm in the middle of a house move, so I'm practically living under a rock. But this, I, I really like that. The game looks like super tough. So that lady who plays an easy, you're gonna have a hard time. And I you better hope there's an easy game. I'm not, this is so mean. <laughs> I, I, the person <laughs> I talked to said it's sort of like Dark Souls, but it's not as uh, punishing or it's not as challenging. Like I played Tunic was another one. Uh, I've seen Lone Star mm-hmm. in the chat mentioning Tunic last night. Replaced. There's all these little indie games. 
did you guys know that Xbox is going to have more games this holiday than their competition, their direct competition, which might be PlayStation? That's crazy. Let me talk about the bigger games that are coming that are more uh, more AAA, bro. You know, big 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 shot games. Go for it. Apparently, Exomeca is still on the menu for Xbox in August, which is weird that's not because a big they AAA have a game. No, 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 no. But it looks AAA, right? That was, that's why I was doing the... I was, like, it looks like it has the production values. Yeah. It looks shiny and runs at a high frame rate. And it's got, like, the really, you know, detailed character models. You know, it looks photorealistic, whatever. But Exomecha is, is made by a small team. That's a free-to-play mm-hmm. multiplayer shooter where you're basically... It's like uh, Dinobots versus Transformers or something. That I, looks kind of cool. I think it's cool. going to be rubbish. I think it's going to be a rubbish game. Uh, do you know why? Because they've not said much about that game. And yeah. that's coming out soon. Supposedly, it's always the... it... tell us yeah, the... And Ace, Ace, I meant to rain... a good point that I haven't heard anyone say. How do you control? Have you seen any gameplay footage of them controlling the actual mechs? Because I haven't, and I don't know if that's going to be in there. I, I hope Exomeca. Do you think the Do you think the mechs are like AI controlled? They're just on the battlefield and they're stopping that... you from getting your kill streak no, going. I... I think you do control them, but it, it raises a little warning flag that they've not shown what that experience is. Yeah, so maybe they do, but that, that might be quite rubbish. Uh, oh, because the, the movement. So the reason why I have some skepticism about that is if you watch the movement, that melee, yeah, <laughs> that the melee, melee and, the, and the, <laughs> the spin, it all seemed really, really scripted. And I think I've seen a repetition of that in multiple trades. Um, uh, forgive me, it's been a while since I've seen that. And that to me I was like, uh, this is where Ace is coming from. I don't know. Uh, I, I will see that, but I, I don't want it to be bad, devs. If you're Exomeca, I would love to do it. I've got a thumbnail already to preview that game because that looks i love that uh, nice. the look of it but um wh- whether or not it's going to be good i have a feeling it's going to be bad i may be wrong guys if i'm wrong just come, come at you're me. so but, negative but uh, the the chat's also also kind of echoing what i'm about to say but crossfire x and and randall thor 19 shout out to him uh, I'll, I'll put him in a chokehold when we meet at e3 someday but he <laughs> said uh love the guy but he goes uh who cares about crossfire x Colt? nobody cares about crossfire x oh I, I i beg to differ it is made by the one and only remedy doing the single player campaign and if you like high production value single player first person shooter campaigns which we've played them quite a bit that could be great it's also got the counter strike multiplayer type uh, thing that's really huge over in yeah. South Korea. I think they're a South Korean developer. So it's a that's there's like billion people playing Crossfire X right now on its on its old version. It's getting pushed up to package into this. So Crossfire X is coming. They just talked about it recently on social media. What's another uh, big game that's coming, Gaz or Asa? Do you remember what else is coming to Xbox? Like, you, there's one uh, I'm missing. Uh, are you talking What's about the Horizon? The- <laughs> uh, you forgot my Forza Horizon Five. What's wrong with you, fraud? You fraud. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, so wait, yeah, there's some. There's big games. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah there's some. There's uh. There's a lot of big shooters. There's another. What was the other shooter I was thinking of? I I don't know. Do I thought I should have wrote it down. Do we need to sing uh, it? What's sing that? It. Do the Halo theme song. Do the Halo theme song, guys. I'm not singing. <laughs> Sing songs I can remember it. Hey, nah, hey, that doesn't hey, work hey, for this me. This is sacrilege. Listen, listen. Uh, when we were singing it, everyone has to be silent, okay? Uh, <laughs> you're supposed to do it with me. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not, not doing that. I just put your link in the chat for people who want to follow you. You're such a goof. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> what I have learned is Gaz is not a top tier vocalist, but he makes up for it in all of his personality. Uh, let's see. We've got Spooky Sprocket said, hello from Australia, Colt, Gaz, and Asa. Just wanted to wish you three an awesome show. Appreciate you all. <laughs> Gas needs edible sauce underwear. Laugh out loud. Game on. Sweetie's Rocket's hilarious. Uh, oh, here's the other one. That's the one I was. Th- Gosh, thank goodness to Brandon. I-, I totally spaced it, but this the this was the other shooter I was talking about. He said, "Is Bright Memory Infinite still a 2021 uh-huh. game?" And yes, that's the other one that was just talked about last week on social media. Bright Memory Infinite is still coming to Xbox as an exclusive, but they already had the demo, which was like a 45-minute playthrough, which didn't do very well. Do you guys yeah. remember Bright Memory Infinite? Sure. The, the problem with that one, the reason that my enthusiasm has just tanked on it, so the the Bright Memory, it was just called Bright Memory, wasn't it, the one that they released at the yeah. launch of the console, um, yes. with its Series X enhancements that got people interested, and then nobody spoke about it after having actually sampled it. Um, but everybody had this like slim hope that actually the full game, Bright Memory Infinite, would, would change their perspective on that completely and it would be something else. But they very recently, within the last week or two, um, said that Bright Memory Infinite is a free upgrade if you've got Bright Memory, which was, I think, £7.19 when it came out. And much as I say that yeah, I, I want yeah. flexibility in pricing, <laughs> if you're pricing it down there, I'm not sure what it is that you're selling. It's a one-man developer team who's brought on a few people to help him build the game, but the majority of the work has been done by one Chinese developer. I'm pretty sure a Chinese developer. So they've made some improvements. The game got like a 58 meta, the, the, the demo, which should not have been... my opinion, that game should have been given free to download to anybody who bought a Series X or S. I don't know why they charge for that. It's not a good look. And I paid $12 US for it, I think. And I bought it on Steam for $8. And then I bought it for 10 or 12 on the Xbox Series X. And it looked identical for my PC and still the same game. It feels really dated. But what they've shown recently on YouTube about a week and a half ago looks really good. So I don't know. We'll see what we'll see what's going yeah, on. With that. I don't think that'll be good. Again, echoing Asa sentiment. You didn't say yeah, that explicitly, yeah. but you wanted to. Captain Duffy says, have you guys heard that Battlefield 2042 is not going to have an option to crossplay only with console? Force crossplay with PC sucks. What do you guys think? Let's start with Gaz. What do you think about being forced to play at those PC uh, elitists? Isn't that information wrong? I thought you had an option. To not play with PC. Ace. You've done a uh, Gaz did a comprehensive video about two weeks ago about what Battle for twenty forty two offers. Check yeah, that out that when you go to his channel. Them. But what do you, yeah, what was... do you know? What's the latest? What do you know about that? Um, so uh, I may be wrong. Whoever who did the super chat, um, I don't know if they had that option. I I read it clearly. I didn't do it right, but I thought that they would say because they my video preceded the this new set of information. Uh, my video that no one wants. Thanks for that. Uh, uh, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit late. The algorithm is a cruel, harsh mistress. Um, but just change the title to like "Amazing, Incredible." Uh, I don't know. Yeah, Whatever. no, you can. I'm reading it here. PC and console players will be able to opt out of playing with each other. So you there have that option. Go. So it's the opposite of that. So yeah, no, it's good. Okay, um, I'm glad they have crossplay. They need it. 
Uh, one more classic. Ter- What's that? I was just going to say, I do wonder if you disable crossplay and you're trying to fill a server with 128 players. I know there's bots in there as well, but mm, are you guys okay with the bots game, being know. on the no. field? No, Gaz isn't. Asa, are you okay with the bots? I, the fact that they said there's going to be bots in pretty much every game, no. I understand the need for them because you don't want to sit there for like 45 minutes waiting for a 128 player game to fill up. But oh, yeah, it's it's like a supplement. Away. It's a supplement yeah. for when the servers mm. aren't filling up quickly. Yeah, I'm okay like with it. that, but I'm not like Gaz. Gaz like he prints out his own certificates when his kill to death ratio is high. <laughs> he prints those out and pins them up on the on Bye. his parents' refrigerator. And they're like, get these out of here. <laughs> he, sends, he's, he sends like um, he's constantly sending these screenshots of like how he performed in Apex Legends, and he'll do it even when they don't win. Like, and you're like, don't care, don't care, don't care. It's because I was a rubbish teammate, and I'm showing my damage is like 3,000. My teammates have three. It's like, why? Why do I always get um, just it's well, not that amazing? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, oh, I've, I've been in party like... chat when, when Gaz is playing Apex, and it sounds like he's furiously writing an angry email to a, an associate <laughs> at his job. And I'm like, are you working right now? And it's like, no man, I'm playing Apex. I received those emails. <laughs> oh man. Um, Donataku yeah, yeah. says, uh, "Let me get this one real quick." Donataku says, "Classic turn-based RPG fans don't sleep on Chris Tales, which launches in Game Pass tonight or slash tomorrow." Is that a JRPG game, Chris Tales? I think I remember seeing. That. I don't, I don't no, think it, it is, but it's styled after. I don't yeah, think it actually comes from Japan. But. The, no, like, no, 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 no. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, shout out to Randall Thor nineteen in the chat. I'm gonna put him in a in a chokehold uh, the day I get to meet him. But yeah, I was I was saying Rand and I were were talking. Well, I can't remember what I said. We were arguing. You're gonna about. choke him. He just recovered from pneumonia. The first thing you do is choke him. <laughs> well, I mean, it'll make. Thing. I'm not very strong. It's my only fighting chance is to get Rand when he's not at his hundred percent. Rand's amazing. Rand is amazing. I talk to him every day. Uh, Rand's got an incredible channel, and he does a podcast with Jez Gordon. So people love people love Randall Thor. He's amazing. Randall, uh, let, let's <laughs> let's talk real quick. This show's gone a little long, but we have to talk about the blessed Gabe Gear Steam Deck. I said it right. I said it right. Just announced oh, yeah. today that it is not compatible with four or five of the biggest games online. Let me read them. Destiny 2, Apex Legends, PUBG, and Rainbow Six Siege are not compatible right now with the Steam Deck at this point. Asa, do you know why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the um, it's the anti-cheat software, but um, anybody that was thinking of playing competitively with a Stream Deck <laughs> needs to reevaluate. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said Stream Deck. Competitively with a Stream Deck whilst using their Steam Deck. I was talking about both devices. <laughs> no, oh, oh, oh yeah, of course, of course. You never make mistakes. Um, yeah. Have you seen the um the demo footage that they have where they're aiming with the gyroscope stuff to fine tune it? Like if you're trying to do that in a game like Apex Legends, you're not gonna get very far. Don't yeah. don't go there. Um the, the Steam Deck in general, a lot of people have asked me, like, have I managed to get one pre ordered? Do you want one? Are you getting one? Just assuming because I, I like things and I try and get most things that play games, right? That's my that's my my thing. It's what I do. I buy stuff that plays games. And the Steam Deck <laughs> for me is like I don't play games away from a, a, a screen, whether it be a monitor or a TV. I'm not a portable gamer. And I've already got a PC. So the Steam Deck doesn't offer me personally anything to do that with. I can see why people love it. 
I can see the appeal of it. I don't have one pre-ordered. And it, but to your question though, yeah, anybody trying to play those anti-cheat games, the only one that I can see people being disappointed with is Destiny 2 because that's a grind game. So I can see oh, yeah, why you might yeah. want to use your Steam yeah. Deck to go out and about and like get whatever light level shards resources. I don't I don't really know what's going on in Destiny 2 at the moment, but I can see that people might have had their eyes on on the device for that particular game. The other three, you'd be making a mistake. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to say anything because everything you said I would have totally repeated. So that's that I'm I'm there with the, on the take. But Gaz is different. Gaz pre-ordered himself a Steam Deck. That that name's just not going to work for me. I'm never yeah. going to get used to that. <laughs> Gaz, tell us tell us why you wasted a few hundred dollars and and let's get into it. No, I'm I just bought a, I bought a Steam Deck and a Stream Deck at the same time. So imagine how confusing that was. Um, but it wasn't because trying to buy a Steam Deck was akin to getting a peptic ulcer. So stressful, man. Um, but it goes, speaks to the popularity of it because yeah, I was f fiving hard. Um, and uh, I think it's going to be huge. I think it's going to be phenomenal. Um, a lot of people say it's going to fall in the gimmick category, but not for me. For someone like, you know, played Destiny 2 is a shame. That would be a perfect game for me to play. It, uh, it doesn't look particularly sexy, but I still think it's a pretty cool piece of kit. Like, what, what's your opinion like of that? Yeah, I, I'm old school, so I brought up with the game gear, and I like that. So I like that kind of chunky uh, feel of it. But playing something like Disco Elysium, I've always said, oh, man, I bought that game. It's on my Steam library, and being able to play Disco Elysium while I'm in bed, and just playing that would be perfect. I don't want to sit there slouched over a PC. I bought it on PC, and I like the game, but I just, it's just, yeah, I'm, I'm different to Acer in that regard. A lot of games I like to just lay down and chill. That's why I played Hades. I loved us. Played it. I didn't sleep. I was just laying in bed playing that. And for me, it's, it's. I think it's going to be incredible. Assuming, assuming, and I, I have a lot of faith in Gabe Newell that uh, the, the, the device will operate really well. If you watch the interview with Gabe Newell, he was. He instilled confidence in it because he doesn't BS. He's not super. Whilst he's trying to do, well, he is doing PR. He did it in a way that's sure. very sincere. And he's like, "Look, man, we the price point was a bit of pill to swallow for us, but we had to hit the balance because the quality is there. People, when they hold the, this is what he paraphrasing him saying that when they played the had a go at the Steam Deck, and then they would they would feel they would they would, they would have to feel like everything works." amazingly well as intended and he said it in such a way that i'm like i've got confidence in this i wasn't gonna get that i thought when i saw disco elysium retweet with a little eye emoji that uh steam yeah. deck is out that's when i realized oh my god i can play this then i got so many ideas i bought i i cheaped out i bought the 256 uh meg a uh, gig one and i, I kind of regret that but the good thing about that is that comes out so other people some people are getting a q1 2022 others getting q2 uh so I got, i'm a bit lucky i got it in q1 the 256 is easier to get or so you think like right now they're saying Uh, there could be some slight delays uh steam does a really good job of making sure you don't just make a new account and just go scalp them nicks in the chat says quote i like that chunky feel of it end quote gas 2021 (laughs) 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 that's great um yeah so i don't know i think it's it's so funny yeah i mean don't tell people not to buy something but I just don't think it'll work for me if I'm out and around. I'm not playing a game because I'm either driving or I don't know. I'm at the grocery store, so I'm not playing games. But you guys, like you take you take a commute to work. Like you'll take a train to work sometimes, right? Or you call the tube, right? So you could essentially play it, and you don't have to worry about a Wi-Fi signal because it's natively playing. So 
I just I just have to worry about getting stabbed and have my Steam Deck stolen. But other than that, it's fine. Yeah, it's good. Um, <laughs> as we as we wrap up wrap up, I want to ask you two to kind of point that Steam Deck toward full steam ahead toward. What does that do for Xbox? Like, is this really something that an Xbox gamer could take advantage of and truly enjoy as someone who just owns Xbox games? Asa, take that take that one for us. Have you like kind of I'm looked gonna, into the? Just, just, I know I know we're wrapping up, but did you see um, about two or three days prior to the Steam Deck announcement? Did you hear Phil Spencer's prophecy on it? <laughs> it was on... No, 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 give it to us. Okay, it's really specific, um, and it made you wonder a little bit. Um, okay. if he knew what was coming. But Phil Spencer was on Kind of Funny. And they asked uh-huh. him, he was talking about Nintendo, and he just went on this really specifically worded, Nintendo are the only company on the whole planet that can make a portable device for gaming that doesn't run on iOS, doesn't run on Android, and can't make phone calls, <laughs> and still have success with it. And he That's said this said, two huh? or three days before the announcement of the Steam Deck, and it was like, ooh, is there some beef here? Yeah, and then he tweeted, and he tweeted saying, "Congratulations, Valve or something." Could it could it be that Phil Spencer didn't know that this thing was coming? I, I don't know. He's 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 so positive and so genuine that I'm sure this was a mistake, and he probably saw the announcement and was like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh my god!" I mean, I can't imagine him not being able, not having some type of heads up. Yeah, uh, because it, it seems like because. Steam has said you could wipe the Steam OS and put Windows and then get Game Pass PC. Like, he'd have to know this was coming. Like, was he mm. taking a shot knowing that they can't get Game Pass or Nintendo's not budging on getting Game Pass on their device? But Phil's like, well, I know Steam Deck's going to do it. So I'm going to make take this. Because Phil has taken a little bit of a couple shots here and there as he's kind of uh, become more competitive in the past couple of years. So maybe that was a slight. To the to the Nintendo Switch, he said. You, sure. what do you think? You know, I, I don't want to like stir the pot. I just want to drop a little spice in there and walk off. Gaz, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, you're facilitating your sauce creation there. Spices are the key ingredient of the. Uh, the then sauce, I, but... I give Gaz full full authority to <laughs> oh, take the, the pot and just words. pour it over on the floor. Yeah, go for it. You you're gonna regret this with nah, it's, 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 it's it's all guess part. I'm Asa is the only one I've, I've ever seen they pick that up really well and. Um, I find it hard to believe that Phil wouldn't know about it because of the reasons you mentioned, Paul. But at the same time, he may he may have made that innocently because just complete, you know, in uh, in just maybe a lapse in memory. I don't know. I don't think we'll ever know the answer to that. But um, the only thing I don't was... like was the phone calls comment. But the rest of it rings true, right? Because yeah. Because the Steam Deck, you can't make phone calls on the Steam Deck. Yeah, yeah. No, I hate that but... word. That name. I hate it. <laughs> but by by yeah, I hate the word as well. But the, the naming of it. But the but yeah, Ace is right. That's specifically that's where the Steam Deck Steam yeah Steam Deck falls into that category. You have to double think. The, it's a stupid name, man. Do you think Xbox's <laughs> Xbox Series naming convention stupid? I got Steam Deck the, and Steam Deck are saying that's stupid. stupid. You, I mean, you almost I'm said Steam Deck. Steam Deck. <laughs> what is the deck? I mean, we could talk about it all day, but. Um... I don't know. Maybe it, it maybe it can become an accompanying piece for Xbox. We're, we'll yet to see if people will really use it. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's pretty much that covers everything. You guys are, are amazing. Uh, this can is I, the XNC podcast. Can I? Yes, uh, I know the, you're wrapping up, but, but I want to loop back to your actual question because I, I, I took a little oh, yeah. detour around there. Your actual oh. question was what it could mean for Xbox, right? Um, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Actually, yeah. if you'd asked me a month or two ago. 
about Xbox and Steam in general, I would have said, of course, Cole, Xbox Game Pass is, is coming to Steam like it's inevitable. You've already got EA Play on there, so all the groundwork has been laid. I don't know if this is pushing it closer or further away from that. Oh. I don't know if um, if maybe oh. some of this like this device is going to flop is maybe because maybe that's not going to happen anymore. Maybe it was on the what? table and maybe now it's not. I think it'll because of the handheld. Hmm. No, not because of the handheld, but like um, Phil might not be so warm on the handheld because Game Pass might not be going to Steam anymore. So if you look at EA Play being on there, it is only one version of EA Play. It's not the premium version. Sure. So maybe the terms just weren't quite favorable. So now I'm less sure of Game Pass coming to Steam. The device is obviously, there's a whole load of Xbox, you know, from, from Twitter and the rest of it, from looking at the community, there's a whole load of people that have seen that device and said, yes, I'm playing Game Pass. And yes, they will find a way to, you can install Windows and you can do that. So as a device you... for Game Pass, there's definitely an appeal there. Why do you need Game Pass on Steam though? I don't see any reason for it to be there. What is the what is the advantage oh, of having it on Steam? If you're a PC player, you just and I've been a PC player for a long time, and I don't as often, but I still have all of the storefronts installed. I'm, I just launch whichever one, and it I link a lot of most of my games into Steam. So why do you need Game Pass integrated into for Steam? The same reason that Microsoft sell games on Steam. There are a lot of PC gamers that will not touch Microsoft Store. There are a ah, lot of PC gamers okay, okay. that will. The same reason that EA put EA Play on Steam. There's a lot of gamers that just won't leave that storefront. Like they refuse to deal with uh, my with the Windows Store for gaming, which has been really shoddy. Back when I was playing a lot on on PC in 2016 and 2017, yeah, it was not. <laughs> it was it was had problems. So and they're working on that, but I, and I you've seen know. how well Microsoft's games do on Steam, anyway, haven't you? Like every every month, we get these top ten games, and Microsoft's games are ranking high. So people mm-hmm. are very willing to buy Xbox games on Steam. Interesting. I wonder if they would still consider it part of Xbox, but as long as it works within Steam, Steam is probably my favorite place to be on PC for gaming. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, a lot of people are super excited about what Xbox is doing. Uh, so there's a bunch of games coming this year. Finally, finally, games on Xbox and exclusive. Uh, some of the people aren't ready for that, but this has been the X and C podcast. And just so you guys know, Gaz and Asa, it is. Let me check my phone. I have dual time zones. Three a.m. Three. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. So big shout out to Gaz and Asa for sitting here from one to three a.m. on their free time to talk about ridiculous topics about gaming, but they are amazing. Uh, let's see if I still have this on my clipboard. This is a link to their channel. Go subscribe. They put out a weekly podcast in the middle of Saturday if you're North America. They have amazing guests. They have great discourse on there. Asa does tech analysis where he breaks down how the games are running. They talk about the games that are coming, and, do, and then Gaz also has... Uh, one of their favorite highlights of the things they do. He does the sauce where he really gets in and passionate about a certain subject that's ever coming up for the week. He goes crazy. Uh, just go check out all their content. They've got a site, Game On Daily, on, on the website where they just aggregate news. So give these guys a, a, a great shot. Give them a shout out. Talk about them. Share their stuff. Gaz, thank you for being on the show. Tell people where they can find you by name other than all the places I just said. Where are you at? Uh, I'm I'm on Twitter as Gaz on Daily. Our YouTube channel is Game on Daily, one word. GameOnDaily.com is the source. Uh, and 
Uh, I'm on OnlyFans as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, uh, thank you so much for having me and Asa. I'm going to repeat the same thing because me and Asa are the co-founders and co-hosts of the shows. And Mia and him are very different personalities, but also very similar in many regards because we share our love for you, Colt, for giving us the opportunity <laughs> to be on this show. Thank you so much. I, I don't feel like it's 3 a.m. because it's, it's always like t- talking to one of my best friends. I wish that's, that's exactly oh, the thanks, man. And thank you for the community. I love your chat. Everyone in the community, you guys are rule. I was going to say suck for some reason. No, you guys rule. Um, thank you so much, man. Thank you so much for having given us the opportunity. Source video has been almost a, w- a month that hasn't been come out, but there's a reason why. I'm going a bit crazy with the next one. There'll be more content coming in. House move. We're going to make some memes. But uh, yeah, thank you so much. Love you. Oh, yeah, you're the best. That's Gaz from Game On Daily. Asa, what makes you famous? Tell them where to find you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not famous yet, Cole. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Um, yeah, it's 3 a.m. here, but it's too hot to sleep anyway. And it's been an absolute pleasure and privilege to come on XNC. So thank you for the invitation. Um, and thank you to everybody in chat. It's been great. The, the conversation has been really good, really positive in there. I think your be nice motto is is paying off because that's a great chat. Um, you can find me as Acer underscore game on daily just about everywhere. Uh, that's Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. I've got channels there. You can find me on Xbox as Game On Space Acer. Um, yep. That's it. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. And thanks for the over 900 people that came out live to listen to us and, and all the people in the chat. It's been a really great time. In about an hour, this show will be up on podcast for audio on demand and on demand on youtube so thanks for all your support have a good week i'll see you guys soon hopefully i'll see you for a video here in a few days as i uh, take a deep breath and get into the next uh, chunk of news so thank you so much for showing up to the show guys wave goodbye to the audience they're amazing them hanging out and chatting with us and making us laugh all you guys uh, don't wave you know what fine fine yeah whatever <laughs> and he did it anyway yeah thanks guys it's been a great show thanks to the chat you guys have a good night and uh be nice <laughs> i love it